Welcome back to another episode of the All Music Is Good podcast, the podcast that takes a deep dive into four recent releases. We get right in there to try and work out what's great and sometimes not so great about each one. But before we get into episode 11, let me say hello to Mr. Vintage Adidas tracksuit himself. Some say he's the Millhouse to my Bart, the Garth to my Wayne, the barbecue to my salt and vinegar, the Chewy to my Han. Let me say hello to Arik Bloom. And hope he's firing on all 10 synagogues tonight. Arik, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Waza. It's, uh, it's good to see you again after a short little hiatus of uh, about 48 hours. We're back. It's a, it's a big week. It's like, the, it's like a condensed AFL season, this, uh, this podcast series. We're just jamming it in. It's like, you know, That's right. ne- next thing you know, it's the, it's the next game. So uh, for, for all of those uh, people that are, you know, following us intently on... Um, on our our podcasting we've we tend to do this weekly but we did uh miss a week um due to some uh well it was basically jewish new year so i had to cook chicken soup um and so we didn't do last how, friday how so was it, so it was great it was great i uh, i dumped uh i i look the recipe i can tell you the recipe but um we might save that for a little bit later um but what i can say is that uh there's a recommended amount of dill to put in and I went oh, yeah. I doubled the dill and doubled the thrill let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> it's an acquired taste dill. it is it is an acquired taste it is an acquired you've taste you've got to be careful since I've last seen you I have uh, watched a lot of US politics um, oh, but yeah. look you know let's not, even talk, let's not even talk about that that's just uh, that's deep and too, dark it's a bit too depressing um, I went for a nice walk today. I walked from my house to the bottle shop, which is probably one of <laughs> the great walks that Melbourneers do these days. Um, yeah. And uh, smoke and vape? Any smoke and vape ap- action on I, the way home? I didn't have any smoke and vape today, but um, okay. but but uh, I'm, I'm, that's usually about a once every three days kind of offering. If you know, if I'm well behaved, mm-hmm. um, so no smoke and vape. But uh, uh, I, you know, it was just it was kind of nice. I got a slice of pizza. Uh, like a takeaway slice of pizza and I sat um, on a rock next to uh, Sydney Road, which felt good. Um, and Life's I ate, simple pleasures are. Yeah. Life's and I just, simple pleasures. I, and I ate the slice of pizza really slowly. So that's probably been the biggest thing that's happened to me for in the past 48 hours. What about you, Was Any any big things? Oh, today I received a plat- some, like an amazing platitude from my, my daughter. I was driving her across to her friend's place and we got in the car and she said to me, hey, dad, your your haircut, it looks really young. It's a really young person's haircut, but your face is really old. Mm. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> what, do, what do you say to that? I mean, it was just, it was, it floored me. I mean, I, I it just, it was a freaking, it was, what do you call the compliment sandwich with the shit in the middle? Uh. What do you? What do you call is it? Is it a shit sandwich? Or is it a compliment it's a bit of shit sandwich? Compliment shit sandwich. But look, was if I can help on that regard. Um, last weekend, I uh, I mean, we've spoken about my ASOS oil kind of obsession um, mm. on this pod before, and you know, I did talk about the fact that the ASOS oil did show up. But one of the things that 
one of the other things that showed up was a complimentary suite of, um, uh, I guess, sample creams. And one of them is a serum of sorts. <laughs> it's a serum. Going? It's a serum that what you is, wipe on your face. And what has happened to you? And, and I could, I can, I could highly recommend. Um, so your face matches your youthful hairstyle. Perhaps a bit of serum. Maybe you could pass them on. Maybe you could get me. Do you get any like free vouchers from ASOS when you order over fifty dollars worth of serum? Uh probably. Or re- refer a friend. We might. Um, we might take. We might uh, bring in. Um, we might get Ava to uh, set up a, a like an advisory committee on the board um, to really help you through this. Oh, it was pretty gut wrenching. It was just. It was just like takedowns. Just like fuck. I'm old. This is just ridiculous. I've got to. I'm not, do I have to go out and get an old man's haircut now? What does that even look like? Oh, do I, I have can, to like shave my head off or just no, shave a patch at the front. I, I can advise. I think. Um, I think that like the quint like the, like the quintessential old man haircut in 2020 is a young man's haircut. So, actually, was <laughs> you? I'm on you point. Were, you are completely on point. You are completely on point. <laughs> Anyway, so that's my last 48 hours. Uh, taking it easy. Had a spa today. So good. Oh, uh, it was a day spa. You know, I don't normally have a day spa, but, you know, it got to 1.30 and I was sort of sitting there at the computer working away. Fuck it. I'm having a spa. Yeah, as you should. And I did it. And it was great. It was great. 40 degrees? Uh, uh, for, always, 40, always 40 degrees. <laughs> it's always 40 degrees. <laughs> the the most efficient way to keep your spa at any one time. Um we should. I think we should introduce tonight's guest. What do you think? Should we get there? Should Let's we go do there? It. Let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is with great, great honour and privilege uh, we welcome to this week's episode a man who, well, he'll tell us all about his uh, his swag bag of skill. But before we go into the swag bag. I thought I'd just kind of take a little stroll down memory lane and and basically, um, you know, contextualize this this guest. The year was two thousand and two. Uh, the year was two thousand and two. Mm. I uh, I played in a shit soul band, and and there was a scene popping, um on the south of the river in St Kilda lots of gigs were kind of popping up and there were some really cool nights happening one night in particular was a Tuesday night at a bar called uh, I don't remember I might ask our special guest but it had an orange it was orange painted uh, Hold yeah up. that was a Zimmer bar Hey, all right. There's the clue, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know who that voice was, I'm going to add the next clue. Okay, so it was a place called Zimmer Bar, and there was this tiny stage there. I think I've told this story before, was, but um, I'll um, I'll continue. There was a place called Zimmer Bar. It had a, uh, it basically had an audio monitor that would cut the electricity if the bands went over a certain decibel, and um, and it was sort of became this home for some of. Melbourne's really great musicians um, coming through, and that was the first time I saw our esteemed uh, um, Triple Threat uh, perform. <laughs> and he performed in a band called Jacket, which uh, which is a band that, um, if uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Melbourne music scene, more or less was like a seed for some of the biggest bands that we've seen in this country. Um, it was fronted by I think it was Ben Stamford and uh, uh, a woman named Clary Brown. Um, ben Stanford of Dub FX and Clara Brown, of course, of Clara Brown and the Banging Rackets. We had Jules Pascoe on the bass. 
Um, and he, uh, you know, plays with Husky, who we reviewed a few weeks ago, and pretty much everyone mm. else who's worth noting. Um, and then there was the guitar player. And uh, if you've seen this man perform, you don't need any more words than trans- transcendental. Um, as a fellow guitar player, I, uh, I've always admired his work. Um, I've, uh, you know, always just, you know, prayed at the, at the shrine of the shred. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor and privilege to introduce to you this week, the man himself, Kumar Shom. Welcome, Kumar. Cheers. Thanks, guys. It's good to be here. How you going, man? What's, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's been happening? Uh, I guess when was, when was the last time I would have seen you? I think I would have seen you... Do, do you want to fill the playing? gap or you want to, you want to go for it? No, you go. You probably remember. Do you, do you I remember do remember, the man. The last time I saw you was at the Melbourne Recital Centre, man. It was, uh, That's it was it. doing gig with my friend um, uh, Lamine Sonko. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Part exactly. Of his, uh, traditional music project, you know, for that yes. gig. But, um, That's yeah, right. Beautiful was show. Yeah, this year. So, yeah. So since then, Coombs, what's been happening? Oh, you know, just, you know, the same old, you know, you know, as I was telling Warza before, you know, just like, just trying to be trilingual, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. starting to love the thing called burpees, you know, um, oh, yeah. just, um, <laughs> just, yeah, like just trying to keep every cell and leukocyte of my body just like really active and all that, you know, and just, um, I don't know, just like, I just, just making music. I'm just working on a single and a video at the moment. Um, I've been going for like this, uh, like a bit of like guitar comps at the moment, just to you know improve my skills and all that. But just a lot of writing, been a lot destroying of it. He's being, he's being modest, Eric. He's been destroying the world with his <laughs> with his riffology. No, nah, you know, just... nah, I'm just scratching the surface, you know, just scratching the surface, you know, like you know, that's you know, that's it, you know, just scratching the soil, you know, just yeah, just like yeah, 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 turning the soil. So, so what, what was that about the soil? What? Uh, like, oh, you're, t- you're turning the soil. You're kind of, you know, turning it over. Uh, cultivation, germination, all that kind of stuff, you know? So, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sick, man. Um, so, tell us a little bit about, I guess, what how's COVID been for you? Did you have to kind of cancel any tours this year? Any, any things that uh, were kind of happening that that, that Oh, yeah, a lot happen? of great opportunities. Yeah, a lot of great opportunities, you know, like got cancelled. I was going to go to all these wonderful festivals, you know, like Splendour in the Grass and um, what's that wonderful one? Like Mona, a Dark Mofo. Like there was heaps of these festivals, you know, I was I was set. I was going to catch up with mates, you know, all like around the country and I had to cancel those plans. But you know, we still catch up on the, you know, you know, doing the Moshi Moshi on the Zoomies, you know, so that's all fine, you know. You know, so who, and, were you, um, who was that tour with? Was that was that your own uh, stuff it's or? A, it's a few few different few different artists. A lot of them were with this uh, this rapper called Samba the Great, which takes oh, up quite a bit of course. time. And um, the the other one was with this South Sudanese singer I worked with called Ajak Kwai. You know? Oh uh, yes. yeah, yep. love so Ajak. Yeah, yeah, so just doing that kind of stuff and like a few odd things here and there. Not really odd things, like good things. Good things. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're all good. It's just all you know. You know old music is good. You know. You know. All music is good. Hey, Kuma, I've got a question. Eric, one second. Remember, the, just, remember the one you go, Eric. Okay. Um, there's an there's an act that uh, well, it's your it's your it's your band. Uh, one yeah. of one of my favourite clips on YouTube called Kuma Shome and the Punkawallers. Yeah. Uh, and I an eight is it eight guitar players on stage? That is four guitar players and two bass players. And that was uh, 
and we call, I called it Guitar Mageddon because it was just hilarious. <laughs> like it was part of a residency. And it's Is just that with like, Gilly you know, and to, uh, Mikey? Yeah, with, with Mikey Chan. Uh, at the Gilly. time, Nick Lamb was there. Andy oh, McGarvey yeah. was there. And on bass, we had Dave Evans, Yuri Pavlinov, and, um, you know, Graham Pogson slaving away at the drums. Absolutely monumental. So we, we just did it. We just, you know, for the last song, the last song for the whole residency, we just had to make it, you know, you know, like in the great words of Ying Wei Mamsin, you know, like more is more. So, you know, just, just <laughs> <laughs> you know, even greater than what it is. You, know, you got to, you know, Swedish philosophies, man, you know, he's, a, he's, he's right about, you know, and it was, yeah. uh, it was quite triumphant. Yeah. You know, it was. It trilingual was. and it was triumphant, you know, so yeah. Trilingual yeah. and triumphant. What, was, what were you going to say? Yeah. Oh uh, no! I'll actually, I'll, I'll, go, I'll say something else first. But I really that clip that you guys did in uh, at Pog Studio uh, with Studio you, X, Gilly and yeah. Mikey, I love that song. That was great. That track. Oh man, there's there's more coming. Like um, it's it's like it's slowly, slowly but surely, it's coming together. I'm gonna. I was planning on actually releasing my this first, this all these songs that I'm working on with the band at the moment. I planned on releasing this whole like LP this year, launching it, you know, taking over the world, you know, turning the soil, all that stuff you're talking about. But obviously COVID came along, you know, destroyed my party, you know, destroyed my yeah. party. Hey, I, <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. hey, so Eric, I, I, uh, taught, I play in a band also with Pog and, uh, and Gilly, uh, f- uh, to name two. And I, you know, I talk to Yuri every now and again, and they always tell me that Kumar's sessions are, Kumar comes in with his music and they sit down. Yeah, this is really easy, really easy. Just, just, just play it as it is. It's, it's easy to do. And then they just look at it and just going, "Oh my god, how the frick are we supposed to play this?" Stuff? Nah, man. Don't, it's like one, two, three. Let's go. Don't, don't go, <laughs> man. They're doubting themselves, man. You know, it's just like you know, like you know, dopeys, man. It's fucking hard in the start, but you can do it, man. Like it, it, I'm gonna write, you know, like stuff where it's like my fingers are going like that. You know, like that, all that kind of stuff. Nothing like nothing spy delicious and all that. But well, like, they, I like nah, the ana- great, you know. So yeah, you know. I like yeah. the analogy of um, burpees as a as a means of 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 uh, mastering progressive rock music. I think it's a it's a really great sort of it's a really great analogy, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure certainly. I mean, everyone loves burpees. Everyone loves to do burpees, right? No, you they know, don't. It's just one of, no, they don't. <laughs> Nobody loves to do burpees, man. Whoever missed the burpees can get effed, man. Seriously, he can get fudged. You know, he seriously, man. He can get a plate of fudge, eat that, enjoy himself, man. No need to like lift, lift his torso up from the up from the like the floor and do a big high uh, uh, high five with with himself, you know, at the top. I don't know, man. I'm starting to love it, but it's you know, like yeah, it's you know, I feel great about it. I feel good, but in once in the kind of thing, it's that kind of you know that uh that fight, you know, that internal fight, you know, like, it's just like, do I love this? Do I hate this? I'm actually feeling better, but I hate this, you know, anyway, anyway, enough yeah. about burpees, you know? No, so, so also kudos to you and the, and Sampa, obviously, but that I remember talking to Arik at the time when that clip, live clip came out of you guys playing all in white somewhere. I can't, I don't know where it was, but. That would have been Splendor in the Grass. Oh uh, no no! It was a it was a studio clip. Everyone was dressed in oh, white. I think it was during picnic, the first man. lockdown. That's the Roots picnic, yeah. The Roots picnic. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah, was it yeah. live in the studio. Anyway, it was freaking awesome. It was so beautiful, and oh, you were playing man. on it. it was beautiful. Like it had that real sort of David T. Walker fluttery sort of guitar all over. It's just beautiful, well, yeah, man. Well, well that's, done. that's what she loves, you know. She wants that kind of stuff, and it's good. I mean, like, I 
I guess I cut, look, you know, my, my background, like, you know, in terms of musically, I come listen, I listen to a lot of African records, listen to a lot of Latin records, but like my cousin, you know, my cousin Govin Mokshoy, he actually put me on to a lot of kind of like rhythm and soul stuff, you know, in the, you know, the early teens and the kind of, you know, it's that time where it's just kind of like, nah, man, I just want to play some grunge, you know, but like yeah. it kind of, it did seep in, you know, it seeped in. So yeah. And so it's kind of, it's not, I'm still, I'm still learning about it every day, you know, but um, yeah, it's good. It's, well, it's more, it's more magical dust, isn't it? That gets sort yeah. of spread over the top. Um, yeah, but you know, but it's, you, it's, know, you know, it's, it's, it's the fine line, fine line between magical dust and a magical sand pit, man, you know? So, you know, it's just yeah. thing, you, know? <laughs> you know, totally. Well, I, I think you tread the right side of that final line, Kumar. Yeah, well, like we weren't in the pit yet, man. Sometimes, you know, in those rehearsals, it's total pit attitude, but you know, like, you know, in the performance. Well, you, when like, you're not on the gig anymore, you'll know where you'll, you'll be. You'll be in the pit, deep in yeah, the pit. Yeah, man, well, if I'm in the pit, like nobody wants to be in the pit, you know? <laughs> no. Nobody wants to be in the pit. Unless it's like unless it's like a mosh pit, like one of those like metal festivals. That's a lot of pit, you know? <laughs> Hey, or dude, unless I'm sure it's, there's a or, few or unless it's at Sampa gigs, or, or or unless it's um it's Pitbull's house called the Pit. Oh yeah, Mr. Worldwide. Yes, man. Stop it, dude. Pitbull, not again. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> hey, uh, what do we? What do you? What, what do you? What do you say we move on to uh, our next segment? Was let's do it. Let's introduce this week's Instagram like of the week. So each week, we the All Music Is Good podcast. We don't, we don't, we don't go hunting the likes, do we? On our, on our Instagram page, Eric. It's us who have flipped, the, flipped the tables, and we do the liking. You know That's what it. it's all about. So, at, uh, presently, I think we've got a all-star cast of twelve likes on Instagram, with our last like being the legend Neil Patrick Harris himself. And this week. Arik and Kumar, if you'd like to join in. But Arik, this week I'm going deep into your territory and I'm going to be very upset if you don't guess it this week. No excuses. This person is a well-known American, having had a dual career in television and sport. On a television front, this mystery person received a third place on Dancing with the Stars. Had a stint... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, an, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing no. to be ashamed of at all. Um, they had a stint on Celebrity Apprentice, as well as sharing hosting duties on American Gladiator with Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan actually credits this person with saving his life after being suicidal and suffering from depression. Second clause, uh, this person's yeah. sporting prowess was primarily earned in the boxing ring mm-hmm. with a record of 24 fights for 24 yep. wins. 21 of these by knockout. Yep. With numerous belts held across both middleweight and light middleweight divisions. Okay, hold up. Uh, hold up, hold up, Coombs. Uh, hold on. I've just got to quickly repeat. Middleweight, lightweight... Great record, 24, 24 wins, 21 knockouts. Actor. Okay, all right, let's keep it going. Oh, Coombs, you got something? I was going to say Evander Holyfield. Nah, I don't reckon it's Evander Holyfield. He's a heavyweight. He's a heavyweight, Cooper. Oh, heavyweight. <laughs> Amateur hour. <laughs> Amateur hour. <laughs> anyway. <Bye-bye. laughs> 
But you got to okay, yeah, but you're still is... in, Coombs. You're still in, Kumar, man. You're still in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for special guests get two on the middleweight, yeah? Middleweight. Yeah, nah, yeah. Middle, middle, middleweight. Lightweight, middleweight. Okay. Right, middleweight and middleweight. Okay, this boxer's, boxer's last professional fight was in 2007. Mm-hmm. This person is married with two children. And these days, they're more of an entrepreneur having made successful moves into the fitness and lifestyle industry. And that's all I'm going to give you with your pedigree in boxing, okay? In the boxing. So world. we're talking light, middleweight, uh, TV star, uh, two well, kids. Well, TV contestant. Contestant. Uh, slash host. Slash host and credited with saving Hulk Hogan's life. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking was coming up in the Oscar 80s. De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya. Oh, shit. I reckon, Kuma, I reckon you absolutely landed the knockout punch. Was I? Is it Oscar De La Hoya? Kuma, you are out. You're out. Oh, no more okay. guesses for you. All right. Okay, hold on. Okay. Okay, it's not Oscar De La Hoya. Hulk Hogan was. I am... Cl- I mean, I've got certain eras of boxing. Can I just... Can I ask one? Can you just tell me I have one more clue? Just what era was this person champ? Can you give me that? Yeah, it was more early 2000s to mid 2000s. Early 2000s. Early 2000s was the champ. Oh, man. It's not Prince Nassim, is it? Definitely not Prince Nassim. Is that your final guess? Uh, I'm going to go one more. Early 2000s champ. Lightweight, middleweight champion. I don't have it. I am I'm I'm disappointed in a way because this week's I'm disappointed on on multiple levels, but this week's Instagram like of the week is none other than Madame Butterfly herself, Layla Ali. Layla Ali very good work, Waza. I love that. I love that. It was. I mean, that's Muhammad. Is that Muhammad Ali's daughter? Yeah. It is. Oof. Yeah. I like how you really obstructed that, like, really important <laughs> piece of information. Um, what the gender? Not the gender, but like potentially you could have said something like a, a you know, a like this, you know, the child of one of the greats of all time, you know. But no, you didn't do that. You just. You let us down. A, a, a completely look. If you're a boxing aficionado, you should know who Layla Ali is. And uh, yeah, I've, knowing I've, how deep, yeah, knowing how deep you go in this world, I just didn't think there'd be any need for me to actually give obvious clues away, such as those. Look, thank you, Waza, for a great Instagram like of the week. Coombs, did you have anything to add to that? I was, I was, I was just thinking Oscar De La Hoya because I'm sure he's done some hosting duties before. I swear I've seen him do that before. You know, like. But I was wrong, you know. And like, cause he's, Have you he's seen him with the Hulk? Maybe, maybe he hangs out more with like. I think maybe he hangs out more with the Junkyard Dog or Randy Savage or yeah, Macho or, Man. or the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, close but no cigar. You know, pardon the pun. You know, Oscar De La Hoya, Cuban, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, you know. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's very good. You can you can come back with with uh, <laughs> dad jokes like that. Um, <laughs> Now, I think we should uh, move on and talk a little bit of music. What do you think, guys? Let's go.
So the first album we have for you this evening is Alicia Keys' new album, self-titled Alicia. Alicia Cook, or Aguelo Cook, uh, was born in 1981, known professionally as Alicia Keys, is an American singer-songwriter, a classically trained pianist. Keys began composing songs by age 12 and was signed at 15 years old to Columbia Records. After disputes with the label, she signed with Arista and later released her debut album Songs in A Minor with J Records in 2001. The album was critically acclaimed and commercially successful, producing her first Billboard Hot 100 number one single Fallen and selling over 16 million copies worldwide. The album earned Keys five Grammy Awards in 2002. Her second album, The Diary of Alicia Keys, was released in 2003 was also a critical and commercial success, sporting successful singles, You Don't Know My Name, If I Ain't Got You, and Diary. Sold 8 million copies worldwide, and the album garnered her an additional four Grammys. Uh, her third album, As I Am, produced the Hot 100 number one single, No One, selling 7 million copies worldwide, earning an additional three Grammy Awards. In two, she won a lot of Grammys, as you can see. In 2007, Keys made her film debut in the action thriller Smoke and Aces. She, along with Jack White, recorded Another Way to Die. The title song to the 22nd official James Bond film, Quantum of Solace. Her fourth album, The Element of Freedom, 2009, became her first chart-topping album in the UK, sold 4 million copies worldwide. 2009, Keys collaborated with Jay-Z on Empire State of Mind, which became her fourth number one single and won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Sung Collaboration. Girl on Fire 2012 was her fifth Billboard 200 topping album, spawning a successful title track and won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Album. In 2013, VH1 Storytellers was released as her second live album, her sixth studio album. Here in 2016 became her seventh US R&B hip-hop chart-topping album. Her la- latest uh, album, Alicia, was released on September 18, 2020. Um, Keys has received numerous accolades in her career, including 15 Grammy Awards, 17 NAACP Image Awards, 12 ASCAP Awards, an award from the Songwriters Hall of Fame, National Music Publishers Association. She sold over 40 million albums, 35 million singles. Blah, 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 blah. On top of this, you know, she's acclaimed for her humanitarian work, philanthropy and activism. She co-founded and serves as the global global ambassador of the non-profit HIV AIDS fighting organization, Keep a Child Alive. Dude, I mean, much like Katy Perry the other night, Eric, I mean, this, this resume is just incredible. Would you like to talk about it, the album a little bit? I would love to. Um, look, I mean, you know, Kumar and I just uh, was chatting about the heavyweight boxing division off air just a moment ago, and you could certainly say Alicia Keys would be considered one of the pop heavyweights of our time. Um, look, I'll just I'll just dive right into it, um, and I'll start with the name of the album because I think where you know uh, uh, an artist at the at that point of her career to kind of say. The, Alicia, the new Alicia Keys album is called Alicia. Obviously, is a statement of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you go and look at sort of other artists that have kind of gone with a self-titled record or use their their, their own name again, um, or a derivative of their own name in their material, it it tends to often be a declaration of what has come They're before. Yeah, what has come before may have had outside influence, but this is what I'm about. And yep, agreed. Like de- using that as a point of departure, I got to say, I think she nailed it. Um, I, I think it's it was yeah, as I said, a very bold start and a bold declaration. 
and and then and then it kind of like you're kind of going through it and you're like what's going on here but like you can't i felt like i had to absorb it as an entire album and and really and kind of like put my cynicism aside and and see alicia keys for the artist what was that cynicism well i guess the cynicism okay so i mean maybe i'll start with maybe i'll start low and end high um Mm -hmm. but but for me uh like just like going through the album like there'd be like a a a pop mega anthem followed by Mm -hmm. a really really fucking cool collab um exactly and and, and this was just kind of happening throughout the whole album but then Uh there's but but on top of that though like it wasn't just the collabs where she kind of flexed like something a little bit different to her like pop mastery and and, and that was really refreshing like I, I was kind of nervous as i was going through going okay why is it the the only songs i'm feeling right now are the collabs and then um and then we're coming back to like this kind of pop m- meganess but but it wasn't yeah. the case um i i felt yeah my note said basically on one side alicia keys is a pop machine on another side She's a brilliant singer, and I think we've spoken about this on the podcast. Like, like objectively brilliant vocalist, and you know the the vo- the type of vocalist that you know almost every singing teacher around the world is going to be teaching an Alicia Keys song at some point because she's just a master, a master singer. And then on top of that, she's obviously a musician interested in really diverse styles and feels. And to that, she she really just hits all three of those elements like with a really really strong delivery um huge mix of songs some that as i said straight out of the alicia keys hit playbook and then others that had this kind of more underground and edgy sort of vibe um yeah yeah you know my favorite song on the record was the miguel the yeah miguel collaboration show me love i love that one and then followed up by so done with khalid which was just fucking so good and the the songwriting was just awesome and then you know a bit of yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a bit earlier, there was the Wasted mm. Energy sort of dancehall track that was yeah, just yeah, like... Nope. How good. You know, it just, says, it just said, Alicia Keys can do it all and and she should, you know what I mean? Because she's got that she's got that toolbox of being such yeah. a brilliant singer. Um, Coombs, did you have... I'm, I'm going to keep on going, but you, it sounded like you wanted to say something about, about those songs. Yeah, I mean, like, man, I, I, I did a like full breakdown of this kind of tracks. But like, I'll, 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 I guess I'll go and when I do my review and all that. But just like, yeah. man, let, 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 let him save his powder, man. Let him. Save all right, his I'll powder. save your powder. Save your powder. Save your powder. Yeah. He's got um, something. He's got something to say. He's got something to say. Okay. So look, for me, all in all, a brilliant album. Um, it's I'm it's something I'm not gonna return to. Um, but that's completely yep. okay, and that's not just, that's not a barometer on the quality of the record. And I will say yep. 100% without a shadow of a doubt, it will win every Grammy next year at the Grammy Awards. Um, well, she's proven. She's a yeah, Grammy she, winner. Yeah, she's, she's, a, Grammy, she's, she's a Grammy winner. That's it. She's got form. So expect her to clean up pretty much most categories. Um, and, and, you know, I wish her all the best. It's a brilliant record. Um, it, I think it stands true to the name of the album. And um, if you're into Alicia Keys, you're going to f- love this. And if you're not into Alicia Keys and you're into just kind of really cool pop music from the US you're going to love this as well was okay I'll take the next one uh, look I'm, if I've learned nothing else from doing this podcast it's that you're going to be in all sorts of trouble if you only listen to each album once and for me this album was a really good case in point so I listened to it last Sunday whilst out having a walk and I hated it 
I actually freaking hated it. I thought it was inconsistent and that it missed the mark on a heap of levels. I didn't know what it was trying to be. And in trying a heap of things, I thought it failed like on all of them. So that was Sunday. And then this morning, like I knew I had to listen to it again. And so I whacked on the cans. And by the time I hit track three, I'm just thinking, what the fuck was I thinking on Sunday? <laughs> um, like this sounded like a completely different album. So I went from like really scathing to loving it. Um, Mm. Time Machine being a case in point, like I thought when I listened to it the first time, I thought it was trying it was trying to be a club song, but it hadn't gone far enough. And then it had that Solange ripoff line. But today it sounded like like an original take on a club banger and it was paying homage to Solange at the same time. Um, so I really like the first three tracks were really hitting for me today. And then like you get to, as you said, Ari, you get to Wasted Energy. And that was my favorite song by Mike. Like I thought... That those blissed reggae vibe, blissed out reggae vibes that, that they really suit those the, her breathy vocals. Mm. So I love that. Anyway, so then we get to track five, and what's track five called again? It's underdog. 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 There we go. So so like this is a song that's obviously the attempt at the commercial hit, and like you touched on it, Eric. Like I I still didn't like this song the second time around. Like I get the sentiment, but the melody and the tune is dumbed down to appeal to the masses. I just think she's better than that. And we like, so we've had these great, four great songs that are a bit sort of underground. And I don't know, guys, like it, it just annoyed me because it didn't feel like it was in the context to the rest of the songs. So I would have preferred songs like that to be released as separate singles or even a last track. And mm. I'd put, I'd nearly put songs like, you know, that Celtic influence grammar, uh, Gramercy Park in the yep. same category, but mm. maybe that's a good example of walking the tightrope a bit more successfully. Can I quickly ask a question? Yep. Was because I yeah, didn't yeah. have I didn't have this in my notes, and I actually I'm keen to throw this actually to yourself, was and Kumar as well. You know, you, you're going through the record and you see, okay, there's a song called Jill Scott featuring Jill Scott, and yeah. um, and didn't I was like, like I was I was like, yeah, I was going through the album. And I was like, okay, I cannot wait for this song. This is like yeah. a dream team over here, and it just yeah, yeah. fell a little bit flat, didn't you? Didn't yeah. you? Yes, yeah, like did they were they putting it on the back of the album because it's this secret track waiting to hit you, or because it was filler at the back end, and it yeah. was filler at the back end. Um, mm. like I mean, I mean that sort of leads me on to just talk about you know, like we got to that back back half of the album. And I started going back to my Sunday thoughts again. I just thought, oh man, there's a lot of filler here with some lazy melody and some lazy songwriting. And it was actually annoying me because I think realistically, there's a really, really great 10 track album here. And an opportunity has mm. gone begging by adding songs that actually didn't need to be there. Yeah. So for me, a potentially great album that was trying to, as you said, like it tried to straddle two styles of R&B. Yeah. And I just think it would have been better served by just trying to serve one um some awesome songs uh i think what i would do is probably curate curate my own track list for this album and listen to that and i would come back and listen to it but as an album i'm not i just think yeah as i said i thought there was too much filler not enough killer and yeah an opportunity could have been missed anyway i might question throw it on to kuma just before you just, just before you do because you know we've always liked to profile the final track of albums and you know, and, and and I think that you know, especially in these kind of big pop albums where it's kind mm. of—I mean, let's be honest—we've had this a bunch of times. It starts really strong, and then it just kind of fades, 
and then you get to the last track and you're like, Ugh. you know, they just didn't have to in this case though. Didn't have well, to. Yeah, but but I gotta be honest, man. Like that good job song. Like, I mean, very obviously like hitting all of the the pop feels on a melody and lyric sense. But I listened to it on my porch and I just burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was something about this, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll throw to you, Kumar, because I'd love to get your take on it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, so I had a good listen to um to the album, listened to about maybe four, four or five times. Like, and I I did what um was the thing. I did like my walk with it. You know, I had like my the special headphones, listen to the speaker here, and just really kind of internalize it in different kind of you know contextualizations. But man, like, I I enjoyed most of this actual record. Like. You know, there's a lot of these things. I think this is a great thing about your podcast is it makes me listen to things and identify what I like about some stuff and what I don't. Like, for example, mm. if I go through the track, like Truth Without Love, when it comes out right out of the gate, that's like a classic, you know, you hear the strings, you hear the piano, and you hear those Alicia Keys vocals like, all right, we're in for a good time. And then Time Machine comes in, and for me, that's like a kind of commercial track. And I love how, like, You've got those creepy scenes and the, how the electric sitar mm. and that wah moog, they really kind of, you know, blend. It kind of reminds you of like a CeeLo Green kind of track, that crazy track and all mm. that. Mm, mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Authors of For- uh, Forever. Like actually one thing I forgot to mention is like there are a lot of vocal samples throughout the album. And usually for me, I always find that a bit of a turnoff, but they actually work. They kind of work the vocal samples. Even some of the auto-tuned harmonies to my ears, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of it. They kind of work because it's, as I said, you know, we talked earlier about magic, magic dust and sandpit. It was more magic mm. dust than sandpit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, man, you guys mentioned already, man, my favorite track was with this, um, that the Tanzanian guy, Diamond Platinums, you know, Wasted Energy. What a killer vocal oh, sample, man. You know, yeah. I don't know what he's saying. And like the vote, like even though he only has like a little feature at the end, it's still magical. There's something about his vocals. But I love the collabs. I really love all the collabs. Like my favorite collabs would have to be, um, obviously, uh, Wasted Energy, um, Three Hour Drive. I actually enjoyed. I really enjoyed that one. Like Samfa, Samfa's vocals is such a unique. Yeah, that voice, was good. You know? Yeah, and um, like even um, me times seven, I really enjoy that one with the rapper um, Tierra de Wack. She kind of rhymes like a female. Oh yeah, Tierra Wack. She's a she's amazing. Apparently, she like her she she did an entire visual album, but the way she did it was like each song was like thirty seconds. So she's like the ultimate twenty twenty Spotify kind of algorithm master yeah, but like because... you know, but the thing about it like you know like you have these you know these what you call these these modern rappers but she was engaging you know what i mean like this yep. i was totally engaged with what she was saying and like the miguel track i love that one the khalid the khalid track man like oh, the vocal so arrangement of that one like what a great if i'm gonna get technical now like what a great way to start off with vocals with the octaves khalid's at the bottom Alicia Keys on the top and just an octave. You don't need to put like, you know, like a full orchestra yeah. of harmonies. Just an octave sounds so rich throughout that, you know? And like, you know, there was a few moments of like some chorus guitar, which I enjoyed as well. Um, what The Gramercy Park. Now the Gramercy Park, I didn't mind that, you know, because it reminded me of like kind of like an acoustic you know, bluesy kind of soul track, like John Mayer vibes. I didn't mind it. Yeah. She 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 kept it away from being obvious, I think, in that yeah, song. Like I think, it could like, have been really obvious. She wasn't resolving it always in the way you think you it Yeah, would well that's, so that was good. Yeah, like, you know, there was that one. Love looks better. Look, that's kind of classic pop song. That that was fine. Um, You Save Me, I really enjoyed that. You know, it was really interesting when I listened to You Save Me. 
like it's kind of listening to Alicia Keys and then younger Alicia Keys with that Swedish <laughs> singer Snow Allegra. <laughs> so true. You know what I mean? So true. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Have, like it's kind of like, oh, is it Snow or is that is that Alicia? You know what I mean? She would have, she would have come up singing Alicia Keys songs. So what a what a cool yeah. buzz for her. Yeah. So I mean, I enjoyed that. Um, and then I want to get I want to I'll, I'll get to the Jill Scott and Underdog and all that because yeah, but like the last two songs in this album. Like the most, you know, for me, number 14, perfect way to die. Absolutely heartbreaking, brutal, like brutal in the sense, like it totally tugs, like such mm, a moving mm. song. And like, you know how you're talking about good job, bring me to yeah. this one kind of, yeah, made me kind of, you know, made me cry. But it's like, you know, like I, I actually even took out the chorus so I can read to you. It's such. Yeah, do like it. Like the piano's. Like, you know, the actual lyrics of that is like, but I said, baby, don't you close your eyes. This could be our final time. And you know, I'm horrible at saying goodbye. And I think all of all of you, all you could have done, at least you'll stay forever young. I guess you picked the perfect way to die. Absolutely gut-wrenching, you know? Like, yeah, you know, totally. Because it's about mm. how like these, you know, kids getting shot and all this stuff. And like, you know, I don't know if you guys seen the video clip for this, like, you know, the last thing, it finishes off with a vocal line. And then it, it kind of pans out and it's just all the names of those people, you know, killed by the police and all that. And it's like, oh, right, it, really, okay. it really gets you, you know? Yeah. And then good job. Like if you were to finish an album like that, you would be like absolutely distraught. The fact that <laughs> finished on good job. And I know you like the last songs, Arik. It was such, yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's kind of a motivational thing, you know, like. It is, like it really is, positive, it is. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. It, f- it felt like yeah. so timely. I mean, I've got the lyrics up in front of me and it was just such a great message and it's a simple message, yeah. but fuck, sometimes you just got to hear it. And um, yeah. it was basically you're doing it and, you know, sung with that voice of Alicia Keys, you're doing a good job, a good job, a good job. <laughs> you're doing <Yeah>. a good job. <laughs> Don't get too down. The world needs you now. Know that you matter, matter, matter. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I say it like that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't come across that well. And you know, another thing as well, I just love interpret. I'm going back into like the technical. Like, I love how it finishes like unresolved. It finishes on the four chord, which is nice, yeah, right. you know. And like, what like it's kind. Of, I guess it's like a gospel song. But look, I mean, it's not all positive. I got some qualms. Like, for example, Jim Scott, I was so disappointed. I was waiting for yeah. like a full, like, you know, like duet. I was, was going there. And it then, didn't then even I sound like Jill Scott, did it? It was just like a speech. And it's like, where, man. It's like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was a bit disappointed. But, man, the one, the song, I, you know, I don't want to say hate, but I'm going to say it. That underdog song, man. It was like, you know, and I just, I was reading about who wrote it. And it makes sense. It's fucking Shiro, man. It's Ed Sheeran wrote that song. Right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. right. And man, okay. I'll tell you what, man, that guy's the godfather of naff rap, man. Like, it's seriously <laughs> naff. <laughs> that song was, didn't need to be there. It didn't need to be on the album. I know it's what, you know what, what it was it there probably for, was. what it was I, trying, trying to achieve. It's, it's likely that it was probably written three years ago and they were like, well, we've got to hit up our sleeves and let's just yeah. whack it in the album. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they didn't need to though. And then it's a yeah, it could have just been released as a single or as a duet or something, but just don't put it on the album because it just, it spoiled it. It did spoil yeah. it because of like, like seriously, majority of it for me was, it was good. You know, like, you yeah. know, you know, Alicia went Jalisha, you know, she went John Mayer Alicia, you know, yeah, like she went on different, kind of different kind of things, you know, like it was good, you know, but like it just, that didn't need to be there, you know, like, yeah. It was just mm-hmm. so black. It wasn't Alicia Keys, you know. That song was so un-Alicia Keys. 
Like, even though yeah. I love how she's going through all the different tracks and she's like, you know, she can do different styles, but she can still be like herself. For example, like if you go to Me Time 7, her like actual verse rhythms are so floaty and so sick, just the way she kind of glides over that beat and just like, you know, like just all even wasted energy. Like it's so interesting melodically as it well is. as lyrically, yeah. you know, so... But anyway. Yeah, so why did they go? Why, who was the guy who programmed it, programmed it, who said, oh, let's follow Wasted Energy up with Underdog? I mean, Jesus, that was that was a terrible call. That was a bit of a... Uh, what, is, it, is it a husband who's in charge of, like, most of the production? Um, what's his name? Swizz Beats? Is well, that a husband? Do, do you're, you're the one who's, who's schooling us, so you tell us. Is I think so. I think because, like, a Swizz Beats, I'm pretty sure, look, uh, uh, there's be someone out there be telling me wrong. I think it's Swizz Beats who's a husband who actually did production on most of the album. I don't think he did production on this track, though. So Okay. But, yeah, yep. I, I'll, I need to Google that or wiki that, you know, just to confirm, you know, but, yeah. We'll do that. We'll come back to everyone next week, won't we, Eric? Yeah. We will. We always <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, I'll follow it up, guys. I'll definitely follow Always. it up, you know. You know it. <laughs> you can send us in a little little sound clip and we'll play it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely do that. Writing it down now. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've we've deconstructed this album. I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page with this. Uh, well, not we're in the ballpark, put it we're that way. We're in the ballpark, definitely. Uh, Gramercy Park, you know, so yeah. Yeah, we're in the Gramercy Park. Are you we even are the Gramercy? Gramercy Park. <laughs> I like that. Uh, That's great. <laughs> He's gone from dad jokes to uh, to uh, wordplay now. <laughs> Talk about triple threat. Okay, yeah. uh, let's let's introduce uh, our rating scale for the week. Arik, you're the Thank man. You. Let's do this. Thank you, Waza. Thank you. So every week on the All Music Is Good podcast, we like to shout out a uh, an unofficial sponsor. The unofficial sponsor has not committed nor given us permission to do so. And they contribute nothing to this podcast. However, we do f- feel it is in inc- incumbent on us to uh, basically celebrate some of the things that might go unnoticed in uh, in your day to day, and in particular companies that are kind of really pushing hard and just doing their best, and you know providing a good service. So, for this week, I guess, well, let's just get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. This week's unofficial podcast sponsor is the Tineco A10 Hero Cordless Stick Vacuum Cleaner 2-in-1 Handheld Lightweight 350 Watt Rating Power with Detachable Lion Battery Multi-Service Cleaning for Carpet Hard Floor and Pet Hair Vacuum Cleaner. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Thank you, Waza. Thank you, Waza. Um, it is the Tineco A10. High performance, 350 watts motor provides ultra quiet, powerful suction for deep multi surface cleaning. 200 mAh detachable lithium battery delivers up to 25 minutes of uninterrupted runtime. Lightweight main body easily converts to a handheld. Uh, device meeting your floor to ceiling cleaning needs wall mounted storage and charging dock neatly store unit and three accessories in the convenient storage dock keep your home tidy and organized four stages of fully sealed filtration system captures the particles ejected while cleaning locks in small particles without leakage and expels cleaner fresh air for your family 
A10 Hero model includes three specialized brushes, multitasker, high torque power brush, mini brush, two-in-one dusting brush, and features a hair cleaning tool and crevice tool. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's unofficial podcast sponsor, the Tineco A10 Hero Cordless Stick Vacuum Cleaner. We are so thrilled to have them as our unofficial sponsor. And um, I thought, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, we, uh, this doesn't come, you know, willy-nilly. Obviously, it's, it's been tried and tested yeah. in my house. And, yes, uh, tell us about and, your experiences, Eric. Well, you know, it's I've good, never... It's not good. It sucks good. Um, it really does. Um, you know, I used to be a I used to be a pan and brush kind of a broom guy on polished Old floorboards. School. Old school, yeah. that's right, man. And um, but this this year, uh, this was purchased uh, early COVID, and um, I tell you what, like mm. I just run that shit over my floorboards, and they come up sparkling. I can get into the wow. nooks and crannies. Of my so course. we're talking like what? direct lookout kind of stuff, you know, like yeah. Oh yeah, man. You, it, it's you a do real know deal. that you do know that this is what vacuum cleaners do, though. They they suck up stuff off the floor and leave them clean. Yeah, but you know, like I've always only had like those big, hefty vacuum cleaners with a big pipe, you know. Um, okay. So this is my first one where there's no there's no even bag; it just goes straight in. Um, so, like, did you um, get on to choice and compare this against, say, like a Dyson or a, or a Melee? Or, well, was you know, I? What, 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 was yes. I? You know what? Uh, I'm so thrilled that you actually asked that question because, look, I didn't personally. However, I did find someone on YouTube that did exactly that comparison. And, <laughs> just, and uh, we're going well, to... Gonna... The Tineco does well, does it? Well, we're gonna we're gonna run a bit of audio here, um, just basically the review of this product because it is quite uh, quite important. But I do want to just quickly paint a picture. The woman who is um, reviewing the it's basically the a, the Tineco A10 Hero versus the Dyson V8 uh, shootout basically, and she's wearing a great blue T-shirt that uh, that basically says, "I've lost an electron," and then next to it. Are you positive? And I just thought, look, <laughs> that's terrible. I, I can. That is so highbrow. I can get behind this. I can get behind this. So what we're going to do now is we're just gonna we're just gonna pop a little bit of audio for our listeners at home, so they can actually hear a little bit about exactly the question that was a uh, put forward, which is uh, the Tineco versus the Dyson. So let's let's go. sound test so you can hear what they they sound like the Tyneco is quieter it also like I said in standard mode seems to have less suction so that kind of follows doesn't it so here we are in standard mode first with the Tyneco <laughs> and now with the Dyson wow that's way louder and now max mode for both of these Tyneco I'll stall your cat. And now with the Dyson. That will suck up. I like the Dyson better. Oh, wait, there's more, right? Sounds like an infomercial. So here is the clone of the, the stick portion and the floor. So the, that should uh, that should hopefully hey, give a... Uh, sex toy review, man. Sex toy review, man. That's the sound of it, man. <laughs> Jesus. <you know? laughs> I, I like the Tyco at the low level, but the Dyson at the high level. 
The, the Dyson oh. was definitely better at the higher level, at the max level. All right, well, I guess... Well, is this all this rating is on, What how it sounds like? Like, is this like a frequency comparison? What is this? Is there anything well, about how it sucks or anything else? Well, yeah, it's, kind of, it's a bit ironic, you know, because if it's like, if it's really good, does it suck more? You know, like, that's the thing, you know, like... Look, I think... What I'm, frequency I reckon, range? Yeah. I think, um, look, I reckon, uh, I reckon we've, we're onto something here. I think perhaps we should look at uh, this week's scaling system as basically the um uh well we could look at it a, a few ways we could look at uh, i guess the the wattage um but i think i i think fundamentally it, it is really about the Tyneco versus dyson shootout um and you know scaled around both um frequency of motor versus suction capacity so perhaps yeah. if we look at that as our as our kind of way to score these records Hopefully, people will be able to follow. Was it? <laughs> I don't follow. I don't follow kinda, at I'm all. I'm kind of trying to break down the maths in my brain. So, <laughs> yeah, like, what me too. Kind of like, so, like the ten. What would be the ten be? You know. Well, the ten would. I think the ten would be high suction, uh, high suction and comfortable frequency, and the zero would be low suction, terrible frequency, and then no you know, no, okay. yeah, no, yeah, just cylinder, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, let's keep this. So you got to get up on the cylinder and all that, you know. Let's keep this. Let's keep this. Uh, let's keep this kid friendly, gentlemen. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to our uh, rating system. I might start so uh, you guys can basically uh, get a get a vibe on where we're going with this. So Alicia Keys for me, uh, I would certainly say uh, frequency. Um, whew. and I think that's a really actually a good rating system. The frequency, I think the frequency was a bit sharp for my liking. Um, but that's also just the way I like to listen to music. But but in context of of what the record was trying to achieve, high frequency. On point, um, and then I guess in relation to you know its uh, operational capacity, um, from you know cleaning crevices to, um you know basically getting your floorboard sparkling and your carpet clean pretty flawless so i would probably give it sort of you know a high frequency and a and a good cleaning rating um and that's basically my score and 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 you're going to have to roll with that let's go uh waza waza you go you go right ahead you're next yeah okay well i'll try and stick to that rating scale but like i i think i'm going to just add a few more in i'm going to choose between the Tyco and the dyson since mm-hmm. that's what we're comparing it with so i'm definitely going to go with the Tyco on this album but i'm going to go i don't even know what the rating scale is but uh, the the frequency wasn't quite right for me on on this album uh i think it, it, there was there was potential here to have a really high frequency, a really the perfect frequency, the universal perfect frequency, uh, but it wasn't achieved. So it it was just a bit off in at that um what's what's a what's an off frequency? What are we talking about? Oh, uh, I'd probably 15K. say yeah. What do you reckon, Kuma? What's an, an off, off frequency? frequency? I don't know, like my big noise. I don't know, man. Like this is just not my kind of like you know territory. <laughs> All right, well, let's just call fifteen. Let's call fifteen k. I don't know. That sounds smart. Was you're a that scientist? Like so, so, uh, so fifteen k yeah. so is that's ten? Is that the ten or no? 
I don't know. Uh, anyway, I was a little bit off. It was a little bit off. I'll take the Tyco. It was a good vacuum cleaner, but I just wasn't quite fully gelling. And I reckon that would translate to some sort of 6.5, I would say. Okay. What, over to you, Kumar. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go similar to was, but I'd go a little bit high, you know. I'd, I'd just, um, yeah, for me, it's kind of, so the Tyco is the good one. Just I just want to clarify: the Tyco is well, good. Dyson. That's completely object. That's a that's a that's very subjective. 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 <laughs> Look, man. If I was to talk vacuum cleaners, man, is it the best? The best, best in line kind of vacuum cleaner? Maybe not so much, but it's still a good vacuum cleaner. So yeah, I'd, yeah, I, I'd give it for me. I'd give it a seven out of ten vacuum cleaner. So yeah. yeah. All right. All might right. Have been lower, might, might have been a lower model Tyco, Eric. Yeah, low, yeah, low it could have been the A A eight. I mean, the, look, the the Tyneco A ten is the A ten. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it was yeah. the A yeah. seven earlier model. You know. Oh, now we're hitting on it. We're hitting on the scale now. <laughs> you know, for me, it's just that underdog and Jill Scott song. You know, yep. that just kind of yeah, it just took away it from being point. like the yeah. That was that was a big thing for me. So yeah. All right, all right. So we're basically. So, uh, we look, basically, to kind of reframe the scoring system, we're looking more at the model of the Tyneco. That might help the listeners at home because the shoot-up to the Dyson and the Tyneco is just... I mean, you know, I get it, but this is this podcast isn't for me. Um, so, I'm going to... Uh, I'll probably give it a A6, so an early sort of... early um, Earlier model Tyneco. Maybe a little bit loud. And, um, and, you know, but does does the job. Uh, I, I say a six, not because I don't think it was a brilliant album, but just really more a six for something that I'll return back to. Um, yep. uh, was was gave it about a seven, am I, am I right, was? No, I, I gave it a uh, A6 version two. Yep, A6 version as well. And Coombs is about I, A6. I gave it a seven, yeah. Okay, so that was Alicia Keys' self-titled album, Alicia. second album we have for you this evening is by Salt and the album is Untitled Rise. I'm going to chuck it to Arik to give us a lead in. Okay, so Salt are an R&B rooted collective whose 5, 7 and Untitled Black Is, released during a 13 month period in 2019 and 2020, have integrated numerous styles including retro, modern, psychedelic soul, rambunctious post-punk funk, righteous afrobeat and purposefully oblique pop they've just they've been just as varied from a lyrical standpoint shifting with ease from affection and heartache to opposition and upliftment presented anonymously salt appeared early in 2019 with we are the sun and don't waste my time singles that set up and appeared on the full length five released that may physical copies credited only production to inflow aka 
Dean Josiah Kova, best known for having co-written Michael Kiwanuka's Ivor Novello award-winning Black Man is a White World, among other work with The Kooks, Jungle, and Little Sims. And just a quick note on Inflow. Um, I discovered Inflow last year um, with a song called We Have No Fear. And it is hands down one of the best songs I've like. It's like it's a it's like a top of my playlist song. It's an absolute masterpiece, and it's the only song credited to Inflow on the internet. So when when I, when I started listening to this record, and I saw that Inflow was associated with it, I, I got really excited. Anyways, back to the um, intro. Um, so cover wrote or co-wrote all the songs, joined by Cleopatra Nikolic, aka Cleo Soul another Little Sims collaborator, and Melissa Young, aka Kid Sister. Only four months later, Salt returned with the briefer Seven, written strictly by Kova and Nikolic in tandem. Among the high-profile supporters of those albums was BBC DJ Giles Peterson, who in June 2020 broadcast the entirety of the third Salt offering, Untitled Black Ears, a week ahead of its Juneteenth release. The expansive and urgent set followed Clear Soul inflow produced Rose in the Dark by less than three months the album that we're looking at is the most recent album and it's titled untitled rise was okay so i guess an admission i didn't actually get to this album to this morning guys so apologies and god when the needle dropped though what a jaw drop moment Ooh. it's freaking amazing but i think i must have clicked my mouse on the wrong button uh, because it went into some sort of random selection of all their releases, but I was just losing my shit. And and Arik, you can attest to this. We we definitely don't talk about albums uh, prior to this release. But this morning, no, I we sent don't. A text. I got to talk to you. Got to talk to you about this album. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was just hitting me one after another. And I think the best way to describe it. To me, was it felt like a mu- the musical soundtrack to a weird dream I was having. Um, it's just very sort of dreamy and weird, and it just anyway, um, like if I was trying to contextualize it musically and find some sort of comparison, then maybe I'd ch- put it on a tape and chuck it in a box with bands like um, like new bands like Tank and the Bangers and No Name, but maybe I'd chuck in some Alice Coltrane and some Stones Throw, and then maybe yeah, I'd put in a couple of underground soul and jazz albums from the 70s. It's just got that dreamy, warped, soulful vibe about it, and it's just really interesting. I think what it actually reminded me a bit of was like, um, do you remember the the collective called To Build an Ark? They were out of LA about seven or eight years ago. They had um, Miguel Atwood was associated with them. I think it's Carlos Nino and those type of guys. Um, so it's a collective where music is like almost a religion and they're brought up in these free jazz collectives where like Coltrane's the God and the music, just everything that they pr- produce, it makes the music feel like an extension of themselves. So I'm really interested to find out some more about their background and where all these guys are from and, and, and what they're... I mean, Kumar probably has done all this and he can I'm tell good, us... We're, getting, we're, get, we're, we're <laughs> getting a few nods. We're getting a few nods. Oh, yeah. look, I'm just... I mean, just to, just to talk on uh, just to talk on um, that and, and basically throw a big... Just all music is good. Um, I guess honorary congratulations um, to Kumar Shome. Uh, the James Heard autobiography written in 2004, basically, there's, he dedicated probably 100 pages in that book 
to preparation being everything. And I've got a pretty strong feeling we're about to learn a lot about salt. Good. Because <laughs> I need it. And I, and I, so and do I'm I. Normally, so do I. So absolutely. Yeah, I'm so normally the guy who has well, all the info and I come prepared. But just this, just this, with this, I feel really not good that I haven't done it. But anyway, the, the music has, you know, it's got influences of... 70s cinematic soul, spoken words, very spiritual. It's got the African style chants and percussion. And it's all sort of rooted with that funky bass line that sort of just sort of roots it all down as we move yeah. along. It's glorious and beautiful to listen to. And I guess this album gave me the feels, Eric. Gave me the feels. Mm. But mm, mm, mm. the question the question I want to ask, I guess, is is it a great album? And when I think about it, I'm not sure. Uh, it's is there's a lot of vibe and a lot of groove. Um, so if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not sure whether I can place this yet. Um, and that's obviously the result of only you know one and two listens. And I think I really this is one of those albums that you know you I'm going to have to go deep into and really sort of you know bed down with. I really loved the um song Sunshine, which had a real Patrice Russian. Yeah, that was a sick song. That was a sick song. That boogie vibes, you know. So good. That's that's right up my alley. Um, Also, the instrumentation was just so interesting, and a lot like a lot of the time, it felt like the album had sampled some trippy '70s soul album, and Mm. then just played their stuff on top of it. Like it had this really weird mix style where that that. They'd just yeah, it's like they'd got an old record and just started playing like live Completely. guitar and all, all this stuff. If, over if the top I of could it, so. interject, guys, it kind of reminds me of like uh, what's that DJ thing they do, like beat juggling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean like, look, the question what? for me was was also I had the exact same question was is this a DJ record or a proper band recording? Yeah. Uh, but but, That's the, what I but the, the DJ record as well, you know. So but, yeah, but there's no like I think. I think it's intentionally ambiguous as to what's going on, but but what what was really uh, what was so what what made it even more sort of what the fuck is this was it sounded so great that it sounded like mm. this is this has been recorded today this is this is this has been recorded today that that was my feeling yeah it, it sounded like it's straight out of like seventy three or it, you know some sort of hippie but hi fi commune but yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been remixed or remastered. Anyway, it was very off kilter in a really good way and very dreamy. And I just, it was just really interesting to listen to. It just posed more questions than, mm. than answers, actually, at the moment. So I'm going to um, send it across to Mr. Kumar Shame and right. uh, let, let's see what he has to say. Yeah. So the only thing is, like, yeah, I did, I did my research. So the only thing I was reading, I just didn't know who the, who, I was a bit sad that I didn't know who was doing what because it was sounding so great. It was like, I don't want to give like kudos to like those artists, you know, I could do that with the Alicia and the other albums for today, but I'm just going to uh, do what I did last time. And I'll break it down from the beginning. Do like, it, man. Kicked off strong. Oh, and man, and it's just like, uh, man, straight. I just love how with all, most of these tracks, you love the percussion, you know, the beat, you know, the strings, the synths, you know, those sweet disco vocals as well, you know, and, yep. and then that strong, it felt like kind of three songs in one, which actually did didn't feel work, like you know? the kind of Samba thing. And then it had that kind of 60s psychedelic soul, you know. And mm-hmm. I, re- I remember the Usher, like in one of your episodes, mentioned it was like that five-star hotel kind of dance vibes, which is actually, yeah, yeah. I think, a compliment to this kind of, that kind of track and all that. 
But man, like, yep, and yep. you also mentioned as well was like the beat wasn't. I'm calling the beat wasn't quantized, which was actually kind of nice. It kind of felt real. Yeah. You know, because sometimes there's a mistake with this kind of music. You quantize, you take all the soul out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, And then you get to like, you know, fearless and it kind of continues that theme. And, you know, one of the things I love throughout this thing, the reverb claps, you know, what a cool <laughs> thing, you know? You know, reverb, I'm not going to do an example of that. And then even the like the strings kind of arrangements, it kind of reminds me of like Lalo Schifrin and Dave Grusin and all that kind of stuff. That black exploitation kind of things. One yeah, of my yeah. favorite things on fearless and it's throughout the, the album there's this guy, I'm calling it Tony Robbins vocals because he does this kind of very <laughs> inspirational kind of thing. It's like, brother, you got, you can't be fearless. You know, you got it. And then he yeah, follows yeah. it up with that classic UK house kind of vocals. Yeah, fearless, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you get to rise and like, once again, it's the, like the actual string arrangements this is the thing. I feel so sad because the person who does the string arrangements is absolutely be credited. Should be like, Amazing. I bet you it's Miguel. I bet you it's Miguel Atwood Ferguson. Oh, the map. had that vibe oh, about map. it. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, like, yeah. And, like, you know, the rise, one thing I noticed, like, you know, the Pingu vocals in the background, you know, like, and all that kind of stuff. And that's quite interesting. What else? And, like, then you have, like, it goes straight from all those kind of vibes into this kind of the B boy breakbeat stuff with I Just Want to Dance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that the one that had that Apache style um, from. I was about to say, yeah, the Apache kind yeah, of. Yeah. And that, that sick bass line, you know. It wasn't Apache though, because I actually went back and had a listen to Apache. I had to reference it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's not the Apache loop, but it is, you know, it's definitely referencing it. Yeah, and like it had that. And there was cool, like as I said, cool instrumentation. Like there was like, I think for me, I'm calling it a Mellotron. There was like this really kind of cool Mellotron kind of sound throughout it. Then you have like a track like Street Fighter, you know, once again, mm. it's orchestral stuff, the Afro beat. Yeah, go go bells, all that stuff. Sunshine, sunshine as well was that was one of my favorite tracks. It was, so it was good. Just, it's so feel good, and like for me, you put muted wah kind of funk guitar parts anywhere, you've sold me. You know, you, you know, you, <laughs> all the car salesmen put a muted wah guitar part in your pitch, you sold me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about muted wah because it's silky and funky. You know, it's like the best yeah, of both worlds. And then look, I'll I'll keep going on. Like, it was interesting. Then I guess we go into, like, the slow jam territory and all that kind of stuff. You know, we get into the kind of spoken word stuff. You know, and then there was, like, my second favourite song on the actual album, like, one is uh, Free. And, like, mm. this is kind of in that breakbeat kind of vibe. And, like, for me, I think the, there was, like, a vocal change. And I don't know who the singer was. I think I'm going to say Cleo Soul, I think. But she reminds me of, our, like, home ground hero Ella Thompson, you know, like, just the way she kind of sings. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like those kind of, I'm not going to do it, you know, like, I'm, you know, Arik's the one who sings, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. And then, look, and then if I keep going, you know, like there was like Uncomfortable is really nice. It goes in that slow. That's one thing I noticed, like even with the Alicia Keys album, like a kind of trend, like slow jams are happening later in the actual album. That's one thing I'm starting to notice a lot more. When I'm like, you know, checking out these albums this year and all that. And then, you know, you got some cinematic, you got that, what else do you have? Like Scary Times, or not Scary Times, Black and Gold. You got that spiritual kind of jazz, kind of like waltz thing happening, which is cool. And then the final track, I really love how the album finished. You kind of ask, pose that question that kind of, because it's all about that kind of BLM kind of stuff and all that. You know, it's just kind of this like, um, you're taking it home kind of like chord progression. 
that kind of funk beat. And I can't remember. Oh, I feel bad now. I haven't prepared. But the actual, like, little boy. I don't know. The, the lyrics there is kind of posing the question, talking about police and all that. But it, and yep. it finishes very unresolved, which is really cool, you know. But um, mm. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna also talk about things I didn't like, you know. Now, one of the things is going to be controversial. All right, here we go. Personally, for me, like, I'm not really into like spoken word and kind of the acting vocals. That's just yep, a. Yeah, that was that. That's the one thing I had issues with as well. Absolutely. Are you talking about um? Uh, what's the song? You you know it ain't. Yeah, that one. Uh, like for me, like it was cool groove. I, I I love. It's kind of like a diss track and all that, and it's and it's such cool. A diss track. Like, huh? No, it's like the ultimate. I, I'll, I'm going to talk about that because I felt yeah, that is yeah. like one of the best for me. Just like the most brutal diss track ever. It's really because it's like calling out the, the supporters, I guess you know of all that. That's it. That's and it. like the military chant is cool, and that's fine. You know, that was kind of cool. But um, yeah, I didn't. That didn't really vibe with me. Even like, but like the only kind of real talking vocals, like Rise, I kind of I dug on because kind of you know you wake going into that, you know, just going into the album and all that. And the other thing that kind of look now, I'm a big fan of Brazilian music, but there was one thing that just didn't work for me. It's like the kind of the insert of the samba band sometimes, because mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. you insert it's like oh this is cool, like. Like, for example, it works in, like, tracks like Street Fighter, but it did not work in, like, for example, like, Fearless or maybe Strong because it just overpowers the groove. You know, you have such a light, great feel and such a great groove and you put a sample band on top of that, it just kind of takes away from that, you know. The, you know, I don't know. That's just me personally. Because, yeah, and because, man, I love Brazilian music. I love Giovanni. I love Milton Nascimento. I love all the Carlinhos Brown. I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know, like for me, just it kind of they overdid the samba, the samba band a bit. You know what I mean? That they overdid the samba on. band for him, Eric. They definitely overdid the samba. Potentially, I mean, I uh, yeah, keep it going, Coombs. And it was there with any any other kind of. What else can I say? Out? I mean, I reckon I covered a lot. I think one of the, as I said, just like, but overall, man, like you got inspirational male vocals with like Tony Robbins speeches. You got killer female vocals. And like some really interesting kind of instrumentations, you know, and I do, yeah. I do love the sample nature of it, you know, like because it, it's it's not quantized, it's kind of a cut and paste, but it's it's still I know, it kind of reminds me of like DJ Newmark, Cut Chemist, all that kind of stuff, you know, how they'd mash up stuff and yeah, yeah, that's I think that's I, I think it was interesting. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Eric, what do you reckon? All right. Well, uh, was um, you look, I know that we've um. Earlier, uh, earlier in the piece, there was one album. I think you gave a ten, and we ran, we ran some kind of uh, Channel Seven. Um, I think it was the Channel Seven. Chariots of Fire, dude. Char- it was Chariots of Fire. I, I would like to, st- I would like to just run the, uh, like the Channel Seven um, mid nineties football yeah. intro because I'm. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you. Dun, dun, dun. Theme, theme of the common man. Yeah, Emerson Lake Palmer. Yeah, because is that what it I'm, is? I'm, I'm. No, it, it's um, it it's it goes. It's like a classical piece, but Emerson Lake and Palmer did it for an Olympics. You know, the yes, Russian Olympics. Right. Thank you. I've been trying to find that. Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully address this in post because I'm gonna go and I'm gonna call it. I'm calling it. I'm calling it in October. Uh, album of the year for me. Um, wow. I th- I yeah. I thought that. Uh, look, I thought nothing would top. Um, 
Run the Jewels. That I uh, that absolutely knocked my socks off. But this album, I uh, this was a real this was a big accident. I was um I was hanging out. I was listening to Krungban. Um, you know that yeah w- that yeah that yeah. band. Um, I was listening to them and then uh, I was just in that vibe. So I chucked on Krungban Radio, and um. And then the second track, you know, when you do that thing on Spotify and just like like artists are similar, and uh, and this song called Masterpiece by uh, by Salt came on, and I I just fucking had to stop what I was doing and just just stop in my tracks. I was like, oh my god, what is this? And then I was like, who are these people? And I clicked on the 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 band, and I was like, oh my god, they've done an album. And then I was like, oh my god, they've done another album. They've done two albums this year. And I just was like, which one am I going to listen to? Like, it was like a kind of, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. I was like, all right, Untitled Rise it is. And I popped it on and I lost my mind. Like, I properly lost my mind. I mean, I, you know, similar to you, Kuma, I, 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 the only way I can talk about this is actually to go through each track because yeah. that really was the kind of a vibe. I mean, strong for me, you know, talk about like a bold start to a record Clocking yeah. six over six minutes as the as track one on a 15, 15 track pop release technically, um, six and a half minutes and the drop halfway through into that into the I guess it was a summer band I I, I was into it I loved it um <laughs> I loved the drum percussion hook and then suddenly we're like in off the wall territory and it's like this seventies yeah. disco thing and 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 as you said it was like it was a three it was three tracks in one but. It totally worked for me. That was my opinion. Yeah, that 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 first track worked. You know, like mm, like mm. the sum, the like look personally for me, the sum like you know as it's it's a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get like, you. I get um, you. You know that samba band because like it's such a cool thing. You know, like it's like for me the samba band was like the sand pit. You know, it wasn't the magical dust. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> you know, so that's, you know. That's a yeah, no, no, legit. Um, and then, you know, next up I think was Fearless. And the thing that I loved about this track, um, and, and, and this showed up a lot in the record, was the, the anticipation that they set up on the intro was just next level. And then the choir and the strings start popping at 1 minute 46, but the, but the rhythm never gets onto a downbeat. So it never delivers that kind of salvation, which is obviously yeah, intentional, like- you know? Yeah, it's a mega anticipation with a lot of this kind of stuff, which is cool about this Yeah, album. yeah. And then Street Fighter, that groove, my God, what a fucking groove. Um, yeah, and, Afrobeat you know, stuff, you know. Yeah. Woo! Mm. And, 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 you know, the, that was the moment where I was like, is this a DJ or a proper recording? Um, then we had, uh, there was the chant, which was, what was the song with the big chant? Was it called Rise Intently, I believe? Let me check. Um, the military kind of marching one. That's the one, that's the one. Yeah, Rise Intently. Uh, loved that. I thought the chant was really well placed and, you know, really started... I felt like the narrative of the record kind of showed up on that song and then yeah, from agreed. then on agreed. we had like a theme going. And then the beginning and the end really felt like in terms of constructing an album and I guess begin, the beginning and the end, you know, lands at what's what track number is it? Like six or seven? At track eight of a 15-track album. So, you know, bang in the middle. Um the beginning and the end just felt like everything was leading up to that moment. It was just this perfect climax. And I look, I personally, I'm also not the biggest fan of spoken word bits. I guess Gil Scott Heron, 
you know that mm. that it works for me in that in that context yeah. and um, the beginning and the end that because it was i don't know i'd like to know what that speech comes from because i know it comes from somewhere you know well i'm going to read the speech out because i thought it was so yeah. powerful and um and this is a speech it said it was they say for unto us a child is born a son is given but our child is missing plastered onto every lamppost and stop sign across america no less the world in red bold typeface it reads kidnapped we shall reclaim our joy we shall remuster our strength through millennia bathed in the tears of a thousand ancestors we shall rise as it was in the beginning so too shall it be in the end and fuck man it, like it's set once by a female at the beginning and then once at the end by a man and it's just mm. i mean yeah like I'd, again one of those things that would be great to research and find out where that poem came from because obviously profound um and then uh free uh i'm so glad you mentioned the breakbeat thing kumar because for me that was the first really big hook on the record and and it was like can you know it was breakbeat it was late 90s breakbeat like full-blown early chemical brothers kind of shit and and uh but and then it had this uk anthem quality to it and i was like this is ripe for a remix but but the kind of re- but like an early two thousands remix, you know what I mean? I don't want no fucking yeah, mean, yeah. Tiesto bullshit. Yeah. yeah, give me the throwback. Get like, was what what who who were some of the big sort of house remix DJs of like the early two thousands? Can you pull any names? That boy, I don't know. Like you know, like yeah, oh, Carl yeah, Craig maybe. Yeah, yeah. Get get some of those guys on that shit. That was amazing. And then for me, you you know it ain't. I felt um, in terms of a political piece. You know, that honestly was, as you said, it was just, just like the ultimate diss track and scathing, like absolutely scathing. And, and uh, you know, and I feel like an incredibly important, um, and inc- it, it, it almost felt like a, like a, like a, you know, the, an Instagram uh, stories meme sort of thing. You know what I mean? That's got a yeah, lot of showing yeah. up, a lot of calling out, but kind of personifies brutal. that, you know, really personifies that kind of character, I guess, you know? Totally, and um, and I, look, I I loved that. I thought it was really cool. I, you know, I'm, I, I do, I, you know, when, when you mentioned like, you know, how how you view that, you know, like talking in a record or that kind of sort of theatre, um, it made me kind of go. I kind of also am not really that into that sort of theatre stuff, but um, but for me that just felt so good. And again, from an album point of view, so well placed. Look. Salt Unrised, Salt Untitled Rise for me, album of the year. Uh, everyone should go and listen to it. I think it's brilliant. So I'll start with my review and say A10, Tyneco Vacuum, High Suction, Deep Clean, uh, you know, Frequency Perfection on the Motor, um, 10 out of 10. With a Dyson thrown in. With Chuck the Dyson in just, you know, just <laughs> as, your sec- as your spare, you know. Okay, that's a good review. Um, I might go second. Um, I'm glad you brought up the chanting, Kumar, because definitely when I went back and listened to it a second time, I thought, yeah, maybe there's there's the I mean, not chanting the spoken word. That that was starting to not annoy me, but I could see that uh, yeah, it wasn't working for me as well on the second listen as it was on the first. So I definitely don't think this is an A10 for me, and I think. There was a lot of bedazzlement that went on with the vibe. There was a lot of vibe on this album, heaps of it, lots of magic, lots of amazing things. But was it was it an A ten? I don't think so. Um, 
I'm going to give it a solid. I'm going to get a get the Tyco vacuum out, and it's like it's a good Tyco. It sucks well. Um, maybe it wouldn't get out some sort of like I don't know if there's some really fine horse hair. Maybe it wouldn't mm. pick up the fine horse hair. But cats hair, no worries. Cats and dogs. Um, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a seven point five. So it's a a seven version two. Um, Tyco vacuum cleaner. All right. Yeah, yeah. So like for me, it's like. As I said, but like this is just this all personal preference. Like you know, this is where you know, as you know, Eric, you were talking about how connected with you. The same, like when I review these albums, I, I like to think of them as their own entities. You know, and I'm just like thinking of my, you know, there's an unconscious bias in me that yeah. likes some mm. things and doesn't like some things. You For know, sure. Um, and you know, when you when you talked about. Like just hearing you talk about the diss track, I kind of understand. You know, for me, the spoken word thing is just a personal preference. Yeah. Like for me, that that beginning and end, that works. You know, rise for me works. You know, you know, yeah. and even some some of like even like no black violins of London kind of works for me as well. You know, like yeah. That some of that stuff kind of worked because you know one thing I forgot to mention about no black violins. I loved like the string arrangement. There was those Wizard of Oz Beautiful. chromatic tornado strings. You know, oh, throughout so good. the end. And super, and, and felt like really, yeah, you know, and felt like a real kind of like it felt like like the sound of the strings. It didn't have that sort of, you know, deep high budget hot, you know, Abbey Road recording. It, it felt like cool. Someone's chucked up a couple of mics in their bedroom, kind of, yeah. But obviously at quality, and it just sounded yeah. great. Yeah, it's the home orchestra, you know, like it sounded sick, totally. you know, like yeah. So, Absolutely. but like for me, you know, like there was like a few of those things. But the, the big thing for me, like his personal thing, is the samba band. Like, you know, samba? If, yeah, if you took a little bit of samba band, took a little bit out, it would have got, for me, would have got a solid 9 out of 10, but I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. So it's still a good Tyco, you know? Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, great time, Co. You know, and because the thing is, like, there were some beautiful beats, right? And when you have beautiful beats, you don't want to be, like, throwing on, like, you know, so much stuff on that. So that's just well, me. Well, you know, but it's my, still, like, um, Word on the street, word on the street, Kumar is uh, Godfrey's have a special at the moment, and um, if you do buy a Tyneco vacuum cleaner, they just throw in a samba band. <laughs> there you go, big <laughs> man. Hundred percent. But uh, but you know, okay. Are, oh yeah, sorry. Okay, no, you go, you go Kumar. Kumar, you've got stuff to say, Kumar. This this is your platform. I will say with an ingredients with Arik on this one is like everyone should definitely go listen to this album. It is definitely a contender, you know, for album of the year. It is a great album. I know that what's his name? The uh, what's who's the the Belgian, you know, the Belgian UK dude? What's his name? Um uh, Giles Peterson. Oh, yeah, Giles Peterson. He's a big fan of this album, so you know, like yeah. you know, if this is so far up Giles' territory, he would love this shit. Anyway, um well that's Salt's album, Untitled Rise. We've got a 10 out of 10, an A10, with a bonus Dyson thrown in from Arik, a, a solid 9, which is amazing, uh, an A9 and a, a Timeco. What's that? I think it was an A8. It was an A8 from Kumar. I went for an 8 out of 10. An yeah, 8 out of 10 right, with, eight, a, eight, with a complimentary eight. samba band chucked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, and a good uh, seven version two for me with a bit less uh, spoken word. So that was Salt's album, Untitled Rise. So 
before we get into our third album tonight, I think there needs to be a general... Well, there, there will be a general acknowledgement across the board that while, while Kumar Shom is known to many in the Melbourne music scene as a, as a master of the sixth string, to others on a more global sense, he, he has taken on a different role to many recently by way of his prolific Facebook stories of, of his native cuisine, I would say. Would that be a good way to describe it, Kumar? Yeah, native... Uh, I mean, yeah, national cuisine, you know? like National you know, cuisine. What's what's your background, Kumar? I've, I've got Indian background, but particularly South Indian background, you know? So, yeah. My family's like so, Karnataka and Tamil Nadu and all that. So, yeah. So, Kumar has taken the world by storm with his weekly... Uh, forays into cooking his his family recipes and it has just been an absolute delight to watch this I reckon, is it a delight the correct word it's been it's been amazing actually it's it's been it's been it's been titillating it's been delightful it's been in inviting um there's a i mean the the amount of uh uh adjectives uh is we could we could do a whole podcast on um on, on how excited on yeah on how excited we are about um, Kumar's cooking show so um, but yeah so interested are we so interested are we to get a bit of that flavor into the show tonight that we decided that you know maybe this is the start of a new segment maybe it isn't but we I think we'd both like this to become a more regular feature on the show so we invited Kumar in tonight to give um, to give us one of his favorite recipes uh, and take it away yeah okay we'll start off with like probably the most simplest recipe like um i cooked this recipe like for uh, my, my mate lamine when we we're out in south australia and i thought this is a good recipe for everyone because you know anyone can do it so this is a uh, just like the first ever chicken curry i ever made so we're gonna take nice kilogram. i hope you got some music for this as well this oh we too don't you worry so what we're gonna do we're gonna get a kilogram of like some thigh chicken thighs you know we're gonna dice that up yeah put that to a side then we're going to put some oil in the pan. And you want, like, traditionally you use a kadai, but you can use a wok. Is it oil something. or ghee for this, Kumas? Like, straight olive oil? Uh, olive oil? No, I don't, no, 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 I don't know about olive oil, man. That's from the Mediterranean. But, like, I, I recommend, like, you know, lower than nut oils, you know? You can get the, you know, the sunflower or canola, you know? So you're going to put in yep. some oil, heat up that oil, yeah? And once that oil gets hot, you're going to dice up, say, you know, a nice large brown onion. You can use red onion. You're going to dice it up, you know, and you're going to let that sweat, you know, let that, let that onion sweat until it kind of, you know, it gets like that transparent, that translucence. And then once you do that, you're going to, you're going to have like some red chili on the side because, you know, you, you need double chili, you know, to, for that for the extra kick, you know, you need that extra kick. Yep. You're going to slice some red chili and, you know, you can be liberal, you know, you, you can, you can go to space or you can just be on the black, black pepper market. It's up to you, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> Ride the peppercorn. You can ride the, the pepper seed. You know, it's up to you. So, and then you add that red chili, and then then on the other side, you're gonna have like I like to use paste, but you can mince up, say about a tablespoon of garlic, tablespoon of ginger, and you're gonna add that. And oh, then, do you get that? Do you get that paste from uh, Coles, the ginger and garlic paste? It's so good, isn't it? What's that? What are you what are you taking for, man? Coles, man. Nah, man. Oh, where where, where do you where do you buy it from? 
Man, I got, I got my, my local dude, man. My local dude, Sanjeet, man. He looks after me, mate. Looks after okay. me. He might well be uh, next week's uh, podcast unofficial sponsor. <laughs> we might get, get, flick us a link. Man, it's going to be Cheryl Khan all the way, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the most biased reviews. No, no, he, he's cool. <laughs> so we do that. We're going to sweat all that stuff. And then we get into the dry spices, you know? So, okay, this is where I've got questions because on your videos you go, now you chuck in your spices. It's like, well, how much of this spice do we use? What, what do we do? Like, just like some sort of assumed knowledge. No, but this is the thing was because if I give away the family secrets, man, nobody oh. can be used. It's going to be. No, no, that's that's good point. I want people to be invited. If you want those exact things, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. You know, because that's how well, you, you just give us. You just give us a little. Just give us a sneaky, uh, like the same way of a. A little, a little sneaky. Okay, so for this chicken curry, it's very basic. We're going to use all the classic powders. We're going to use coriander. We're going to use cumin. Yep. We're going to use chili. We're going to use turmeric. We're going to use garam masala. So it's like this. Coriander powder. You can use heaps of that. So I'd probably add maybe like, say, like a tablespoon of coriander powder because it's nice and fragrant. Then you add like maybe a teaspoon and a half of cumin. Then you're going to add like a true Indian cook will never overdo the turmeric. The turmeric just gives, it's good for, you know, it's good for the body, good for the lungs, you know, and it's, um, it's like a good, it's kind of antibacterial kind of thing, you know, so you put like one teaspoon of that and then chili, you can be a total maverick with that, you know, you can ride the, you can ride the anus, man, if you want to go there, but like, I generally like to put two, you know, because, you know, you don't want, you want it to be a curry, not a casserole, you know what I mean, so yeah, and then with the garam, then the garam masala, you're gonna add a little bit of garam masala, and you're gonna use half a teaspoon because garam masala is like five in one, you know. You got corn, yeah, yeah. And you got cinnamon, cassia bark, all this kind of stuff. Peppercorn, star anise. So you're gonna add that, and then you fry those spices off, you know. You fry them, fry them until, and once they get that kind of aroma, then you hit it with the tomato. Now you can, I, I like to use canned tomatoes because it's easy, you know. Like you can use dice, you can use fresh tomatoes. If you use fresh tomatoes, you're gonna to have to add some water as well. But I recommend canned tomatoes because it's a good measurement. Just use the whole thing, plonk it in. Mince up, mince up the whole peel. Mince them up with your like, you know, your wooden spoon or your plastic spoon, whatever you need. You know, whatever your cooking dishes. And then you're gonna like simmer it down. And this is the most important part, you know, to really develop those flavors. You have to cook down that paste. You know, like these like those Italian chefs, you know, they don't cook yeah. down sauce for like just like ten minutes. They cook it down. No, it's a couple of hours. Yeah. To get those fresh tomatoes. We don't do it a couple of hours. Though. So what you need, you, when you cook it down, and then you're gonna get the kind of like a paste. And once you get that paste, you're gonna add your chicken in, and you're gonna cover that up. And then you let that kind of cook, and the chicken's gonna release some of its fluid. It's gonna seep in, you know. And if it's starting to get a bit of dry, if you want a bit more of that kind of sauce, you just add a little bit of water, you know. That's how you make it a bit wet. If you want it saucy, if you want it dry, you know, you can just don't add the water. You can be dry and all that. And you let that stir. You add salt. Make sure it tastes good with the salt. I like to add a bit of lemon because I like a bit of tang. You don't have to do that. But some people Are you like going fresh lemon or lemon rind? No, no, fresh lemon, man. The juices, man. We're all about the juices here, you know. Got it, got it. Juice is not the rot. It's not about the rindy. It's all about the juices, you know. So yeah. Oh man, this is not Mediterranean <laughs> cooking. Yeah, no, like no. Not, where, where are you talking? About? Yeah, and so and then once you do that, after some time, it's coming together. You check your chicken is cooked. You know, it's got it like the flavour should have seeped in. And then you have some chopped coriander. 
add that in, give it like a couple of minutes, and voila, that is your that's that's a classic like shown chicken curry. And if you oh, other man. that, you can add a bit of mint if you want to, you know, just to kind of get that different flavor profile. You know, and so what would you serve this with, Kumar? What are we, what are we serving it with? Well, so this is the thing, you know, like if you want more sauce, I generally serve it with rice. But if you want it a bit more dry, I'd, I'd try and make a flatbread or something like that to go with it. Oh, nice. The thing with the flat, like you can do traditional chapatis, but man, everybody's got a flatbread recipe that works, you know. It's all, as long as you get, get that bread crisp, you know, to scoop, you know, then it's all good. Yeah. Oh, dude, uh, Arik, you'd have your own flatbread recipe, wouldn't you? I um I'm actually pretty shit at flatbread. I'm not a good baker. I'm I'm I've, I've got I've got a couple of skills, but uh, I might even talk about a recipe next week and give myself my own segment. Um, but uh, but no, flatbread is not my forte. Was I'm uh, terrified at baking, and of yeah, course, yes, I. You can buy unleavened bread from like you know what's that place you mentioned before? Was it? Cold, cold. Yeah, you can buy it from there. <laughs> <laughs> Great oh, shot. <laughs> Great shot. Hey, they've got the... I'll have to go get it out of my I'll fridge and come back and show you. I'll tell you. It's, it's pretty good. This I'll tell you a hot tip, Kumar. Um, the, the person that I would say is making the most fucking cutting-edge flatbread in town right now, and we actually reviewed an album that he played on. Um, it was a Luke Howard trio album. Uh, a guy named... Uh, Danny, Daniel, Danny Ferruja, man, that guy makes flatbread like no one's business. I, uh, I had, a, I had a wonderful opportunity to eat his flatbread during uh, that little moment of non-COVID lockdown, and I can say he actually sent me home with the actual dough, and he's like, "Dude, just chuck it in the fucking fry pan, man. Don't worry about the baking. Just fry that shit up." So, uh, there's a, there's a few, there's a few uh, gun cooks out there um, in in the Melbourne scene. Yeah, a lot of people are polishing their skills now because we've got the time. So yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Well, we're just fucking thrilled that uh, we had a, we had a chance to uh, enter the uh, the culinary world of um, of the Shome family traditions. Man, you have to try it. You know, like I can talk about it, and you can met water at the mouth. You know, and just like buy, buy cold bread and all that stuff. But man, you have to try this stuff, man. It's like it like it never sees the light of day. You know, it's like great man, I'm excited. You know, that's the thing. You know, <laughs> totally, dude. I'm, I'm excited. We're trying it. Let's, we, let's both try it this week, Eric, and come back. Yeah, and we, we are, we're going to try it. All curries are good. good review. All cu- yeah. Curries are good. You know. Hindi man, you'd say. Fuck, I don't know how to say that. You'd say like, sabhi curries acha hai. You know, like which is all curries good. <laughs> man, I'm like, that's the thing, man. Like Hindi, say, I'm trying to be trilingual, man. You know. I might be I might be a NAF triple threat, but you know, like I'm trying, I'm trying to be trilingual. Man, you, just, you just stepped it up. You just you can pl- we've yeah. You just opened up an entire new market for the uh, All Music Is Good podcast. We're gonna lead with that one. Um, let's move on to the third album of the week, uh, Gillian Welch's record. Gee, it was a long title this one, wasn't it? Can someone give me a hand yeah, here? Bruce? Yeah, Boots number two, The Lost Sides, volume two. All right. Um, I'm going to lead. I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to keep it really short. Uh, I put it on. I didn't like it. It's completely not my thing. Um, I've got. I've got a lot of reasons why I don't like this kind of music, but it's that's not really particularly 
um, you know, it's it's not what this podcast is about. Uh, you know, it's you know the ultimate you know kind of Americana folk style music. If that's in like if that's what you dig, then that this is this is this could be for you. But it's it's so far from anything that I listen to that uh, I I was immediately disengaged from probably you know the second song. So that's a but that's that is my review. I don't feel like I'm in a position <laughs> to actually score it. I I I I'm I'm really allergic to this kind of music. I uh, it just I just I just don't dig it. Um, but there's a lot of people that do dig this sort of music, so I might throw to the two of you to uh, perhaps speak to some of the strengths here. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my Gillian Welsh relationship, and but to do so, I feel like I need to take up a bit of time because Eric's review is so short. But that's lucky because I've got action, an actual musical journey um, to tell you about how I reached reached this wonderful lady. Um, so. As I've talked about on uh, previous podcasts, um, I grew up in a small country town of like 2,000 people. Uh, and so I learned to play piano and it was classical piano. So I'm a classical pianist tr- tr- by training. And there was no one who played music in this town, Kumar. No one. Like, well, actually, there was, that's a lie. There was a few people who played music, but it was basically a, a, it was a dead end when it comes to culture and music. So my piano playing would I'd I'd have my outlet when I was a teenager that I would play at the local church on Sunday night. Um, not that I was religious, but that was my way to sort of you know practice and play to people. <laughs> and uh, and through that um, came an opportunity to learn drums uh, by one by someone in the local band who the the one of the people at the church organised for me to have some lessons so I could play along with the choir. <laughs> Um, and it was all very weird. But I mean, that's as that's as sort of good as it got. Anyway, so I learned to play drums. I could play piano, you know, classical piano, um, and that led me to the country and western night, which was held once every Sunday night at the end of the month or the start of the month. I don't know what it was. And so my first experiences with playing music live with people was on this country and western night, where you get up on stage and play a couple of songs with the band and. That you know that sort of helped you, you know, learn to play music with people, but it wasn't good country and western, dude. It was bad country and western. So we're talking like the Eagles, um, you know, oh, just Is Eagles whatever. whatever. Well, yeah, that that's what it was there in this town. It was, um, so you know, you're crying eyes and you. But who's saying it's so easy to fall in love? Um, I don't know what everything that I would consider to be really crap country this is what will get played and so for a long time like i've just hated country music period and so like that so i moved to the city when i went to university um and i think that the the hatred of it started to thaw a little bit when i discovered this melbourne alt country band in the late 90s and they're called the rectifiers and i really liked them but i guess they're probably more alt than country yeah and so when i moved to st kilda in 2002 my flatmate marnie stylo was all over this singer gillian welsh and her album time the revelator uh had it was was out and i think soul journey was just about to drop and it was that moment for me that i fully got what good country was and 
It's not that sort of sasherine crooning Johnny Math. It's not Johnny Mathis is bad, but it's not corporate Nashville. Um, it's like bittersweet songs around the campfire about hardworking folk and yeah. life's harsh realities. So, like, I always found with Gillian Welsh that like there was this like there's this element of danger about her songs. Like she she might like jump out of the stereo and cut you with a rusty blade and then let you the you know you bleed yeah. dry. That'd be it. <laughs> She'd just walk off. No worries. And is this, I don't know if this genre is like, is this ghost country? Like there's sort of a bit, a bit of sort of cemetery country vibe to it. Ghost it's, country? It's, yeah. Is that, is that like a, is that a genre? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, anyway, so the, like, so I put this album on and I, I was really excited to listen to it because I, I really connected with her back in the early 2000s. And so... When I listened to it, it sounded like something that had come from her 2001 to 2003 period. And then I did the research and it was like, uh, duh, this was this album and these songs, well, the volume one, volume two and volume three were about to be released, were recorded because she got into a bad publishing deal and she had to record 50 songs really quick. Uh, and if they were delivered by a certain time, she could get out of her publishing deal and sign with someone good who'd actually pay her money. So wow. these songs were recorded over a weekend uh, with her partner, David Rawlings, and they basically just went through their notebook and got a whole bunch of skerricks of lyrics and all sorts of little bits and pieces and made songs out of them. So... It's I, I actually think it's I know you hated it, Ari. I actually think it's breathtaking. Like there's so much vibe and authenticness going on here. Um I mean, how do you do, I mean this is how you do a demo album, Eric. I mean I mean we recently reviewed another demo album. Um, we did. And perhaps perhaps they should have listened to this demo album first before releasing their demo album. Yes. Look her voice for me, I love her voice. It cuts like and Maybe it's not the best voice going, but it sounds authentic. And there's something about the frequency in her voice that just cuts through a mix and it makes you connect. For me, the album sounded amazing. I think it's a testament to her and her husband, David Rawlings, and it just reinforced me why they're the kings and queens of this sort of mountain-style hillbilly mountain. slash country music. Mountain and ghost country. I mean, fuck. Mountain How ghost many... country. Mountain Ghost Country. Get over it, dude. It's a thing. Okay. It is a thing. All right. <laughs> move, on, move on. Anyway, um, I, like I was, I don't know if you remember this, Arik, or Kuma, but uh, I think they may have come to Melbourne. It might have been 2003 and 2004. And it was that they were so hyped, these gigs, and everyone wanted a ticket to go. The forum gig, I think they played, sold out four or five nights in a row at the forum. And I just... And I, and I also had a ticket to go see them at the Palais in Hepburn Springs. And I didn't go to any of them. And like, it's one of those big regrets I've had not going to see them play. Anyway, I did finally catch them at the Palais in St Kilda maybe 10 years ago. And they were playing as a four-piece with Willie Watson as well, who's also sort of a, you know, hillbilly country banjo, uh, amazing musician. And I loved it. So I was, I loved this album a lot like was it time the revelator or soul journey no it wasn't but it was they were just it felt authentic it felt real and i really liked it kuma well i noticed like in your series guys you always have like like one 
odd kind of album. So, like, I guess with all the albums today, we're just kind of in a similar boat. This is the odd one out. So, I'll, I'll tell a little bit of story about um, this kind of thing. So, for me, I'm, I guess I'm a similar kind of thing with Arik. Like, it's not really my style, but in the kind of spirit of all music is good, I gave it a chance. And so, I really, I did the same thing. I went for a walk, listened to the album. Speakers listen to the album. Chilled out after like some heavy practice, too much shredding, you know, too much stuff. <laughs> and you know, I will say one thing, you know, like with I guess this kind of music, there has to be something that really carries it because there's no drums, there's not really any bass. There's like a little bit yeah. of bass. The guitars are cool. I mean, guitar. Look, you know, you win me with guitars, you know, bang, you know, like that. As I said, the muted wah guitar before. Acoustic guitar, anything guitar, put six strings on a wooden body, you've got me, bang. Mm. You know, that's how that's yep. how fish. Anyway, but you know, it had to be the lyrics that really carried it. And so I, I listened to this one probably the most. I listened to maybe this like maybe five, six times. And I just really kind of allowed myself to actually just I don't know, be let the music come to me. And for me, like I was surprised. I thought I was gonna hate this. I actually enjoy this album quite a bit. And I'm going to do my classic uh, Kumar breakdown. Let's do it. Do it, man. Let's do it. You know, you talk about arrangements, you know, like, and even though the songs were short, like, it didn't feel like fillers. They felt like, oh, look, there were some, look, there were some songs for me that were a bit fillerish, which I'll get to. But I just love the acoustic guitar arrangements, you know. Like you'll have that kind of that rhythmic part, and then you have that lead kind of capo upper structure kind of part, just improvising within Gillian's like vocals. Mm. And the songs they're kind of that classic folk blues format where there's no real choruses. It's like you know, like Bob Dylan and all that Leonard Cohen. It's just verse. Yeah. It's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed those tracks, you know. And then interestingly, you have like things like. You know, like Didn't I, which is more like that R&B kind of bluesy kind of track, you know, like where it's a little repetition in the vocals. But I didn't yeah, really like that song. Yeah. And like, you know, classic, what else? Like, you know, you got that Western style stuff and Good Baby, 100 Miles. I really enjoyed that track. That for me, there was some, that storyteller vibes, you know, it just, it just hooked me. And the guitar, guitar orchestration was excellent. Like if I just go, I'm just going to kind of squeeze through as well. Like Rambling Blade was like pretty cool as well. Like there were some waltzes as well. You have things like I Only Cry When You Go. Like this, this classic, they're using classic devices, which I was like learning about by discovering this style. Like the tag ending, you know, like there's something about the tag ending, you know. It was, I found it really interesting. It was kind of a learning. This, this, like this album actually taught me a lot. There's no real bridges, you know. There's no really bells no. And or anything. It's just the storytelling. It's just the guitar. That's one thing and I really enjoyed. There's you know? something through that, you know, especially Kumar, you know, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but perhaps, you know, this might resonate with you as well, you know, growing up as a guitar player and, and, you know, I know for me, my, my teachers uh, were like that E minor, A minor bullshit. That's fucking, that's for, that's for, you know, rookies, man, you got to learn tech. And, um, you know, as a result, like, uh, you know, in my per own personal musical upbringing, um, I missed out on the love of, of, of that kind of songwriting. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and then like, I, you know, I listen to records like this and it's not in my, 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 my world because 
it's so far f- away from the conditioning that I've had as a musician myself. But then yeah. if if someone if someone dared to challenge me and go, all right, wise guy, why don't you go and try and write two songs like this? I would I would struggle, and 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 that in and of itself is a, it's it's a real it's a real art form, isn't it? Definitely, it's an art form, you know, and just like. Just like, you know, like I'm looking at some of the chord progressions, like, you know, a lot of these songs, like, you know, Lonesome Just Like You, that's one, four, five, but it still gets me, you know, it's still, it's like, I just, it's kind of, you know, look, I know this could be wrong, but it kind of reminds me of things like Solomon Burke, you know, it's different stylistically, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I hear it's soul country i mean there is a lot of soul in this um a lot of heartache and country and soul aren't that far away from each other yeah 100 percent. and you know one of the things uh, you know because there's a lot of guitar and i'm very happy about that i can totally dig 100 percent. but what i love is some there was some interesting instrumentation you know i i'm pretty sure i heard an auto harp at one time i think it was in you only have your soul also heard a lot of bottleneck you know Um, also heard harmonica. I heard some mandolin. So yeah, and there was it was a good variety. And there was like there was some really cutesy songs like Happy Mother's Day. You know that was a really nice. Oh, that's great that song. I really like that song. You know, like you need something like that. You know, and um, but there was like even Picasso was another favorite track of mine. That was the only one that kind of popped for me was Picasso. Picasso, Picasso was definitely the one. I mean, it's got that real Bob Dylan. Like I just yeah. think of like. I listened to this album so I was thinking of James Taylor I was thinking of Bob Dylan I was thinking of Tom Petty you know I was thinking about these kind of people when I was listening and um mm. but man like you know, it was it was really good I think the only kind of as I said because you know like the only negative thing for me is like yeah because you know it's got this and it goes to a level for me and that's kind of where it kind of stops you know you know I mm. me, I I wanted to give this album an absolute chance and I've, you know, and like for me, like another track I felt which I just didn't suit was Wella Hella, even though it had that party vibe, the elect- first introduction of electric guitar and it was quite up. It just reminded me of like Port Ferry Folk Festival, you know, like just people dancing, you know, like Charlene. The whole thing was felt me like Port Ferry Folk Festival. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? Yeah. I don't know. Obviously. <laughs> I mean. I don't know, but I don't know. Like another, like another favorite song, Fair September had that kind of Portuguese sailor storyteller kind of vibe. You know, the, the best blue song for me was Papa Writes to Johnny. It's really interesting, you know, it's really interesting. But um, look, I hey, think... Hey, Kumo, I've just looked it up and I, I knew that he played, Dave Rawlings plays a, a really old guitar and I've just looked it up and he plays a 1935 Epiphone arch top, hey. which he plays on all his recordings. Well, I mean, that's a credit to David, you know, like, yeah. And I wonder, like, is, is it just a David? Because I know, like, like, I don't know much about uh, Gillian Welsh, but I know she collaborates with one of my favorite players, Buddy Miller and all that. I don't know if he okay. had if had any input on this album. That's the thing I didn't really kind of know much about. I think it. it's just the two of them, I think, on this. Because, as I said, this was just this was just a whole bunch of songs used to get out of a out of a bad publishing deal. So I think it's just the two of them in a studio one weekend. Yeah, but like, like if I just, I'm going to conclude now, but like for me, what the thing I love, you know, there's no bells and whistles, you know, with all the other albums, you know, we listen to. It's like high end production, there's instrumentation out of the wazoo and all this. It just goes to show you can get connected with just lyrics and an acoustic guitar. And like, I sometimes think 
you know, if I go in like a big kind of rant, like we kind of lose that sometimes, you know, you know, you've got a great song if you just have one backing instrument and the vocals connect. It's like the Alicia Keys album, you know, that, that, um, what's that, sir? Perfect, perfect way to die. The last song. Uh, the second last song. Second last song, yeah, yeah. That's lyrics that's, and piano and like, and even Good Job, you know, I can listen to those songs. Even like, what's that classic, like John Legend song, you know? Uh, I don't know. All of me? Ordinary people, all of me, great songs, both of them, you know. But mm. it's just to say, like, it just goes to show. And like, literally, I gave myself to the country and I enjoyed it. So yeah, I I enjoyed this album actually. Like you know, that's like, good. So like, I I would say that we don't necessarily throw one into putting people off, but I think we just like to put in a cross section of music and knowing that like this is, you know, this is this person is really well known in certain circles um and so it's good to like i mean it's like we, we last week we did a Katy perry album so it's good to just you know stride different styles because it gives us a cross-section of music to listen to as well which is always good mm. always good yeah anyway so let's rate it guys good. let's rate it all music is good right. let's rate it well, Arik. i reckon Let you go for us, Arik. I'm, I'm an na i'm an na um i've used the broom on this one so i'll throw throw to you guys oh bang um um, I'll go. I'll go next. Um, I think I feel like I should give bonus points to this album because Eric didn't even do an intro to it. So maybe that's like maybe that's worth a couple more. Uh, it's weird. It's weird because it. I I had such a relationship with with um the um Soul Journey and Time the Revelator albums, and so to he to know that these songs were made at the same time as that was really quite special. Um. I, uh, yeah, I really like everything about this girl and what she does. I find it really authentic, really, really believable. I'm going to give it a uh, Tyco, what is it? Tyco? Tyco. Tyco. Tyco A7 for this. Tyco A7. All right. It's a a very good vacuum cleaner. Look, I'm going to, this is my wire rating of this. Well, I'm going to give it like 7.5. I'm going to give right. it a yes. And the reason being is I came in as like, I guess, in a vacuum, <laughs> if you will, you know, <laughs> pun the pun. But like I came in with knowing not much about country, you know, just having that kind of, you know, blank slate and giving a chance. And I feel after listening through this album so many times, giving it the chance, like the same way when I listened to John Coltrane after so many times, it's converted me. It's actually opened me up to a new world. To discovery so i'm giving it like yeah 7.5 you know that's me yeah. that's what we do on this podcast eric we educate we educate our guests we don't you know we don't pay them anything but we give them so much back that's well, right there's no, hang on, this is what we just know that's all good <laughs> so that was jillian welsh's gillian welsh my apologies boots number two the last songs volume two The last album we have for you this evening is Thundercats. It is what it is. Stephen Lee Brunner, better known to most as Leon LaHarvis's ex-boyfriend, and sometimes by his stage name, Thundercat, is um, an American musician, record producer, singer-songwriter from Los Angeles, California. First came to prominence as a member of crossover thrash band Suicidal Tendencies. 
He has since released four solo studio albums and he's noted for his work with producer Flying Lotus, Flylo to uh, the people in the know, and his appearance on Kendrick Lamar's critically acclaimed 2015 album To Pimp a Butterfly. In 2016, Thundercat won a Grammy for Best Rap Sung Performance for his work on the track These Walls from To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, he's born, be, was born into a family of musicians. Bruno began playing the bass at an early age. By 15, he had a minor hit in Germany as a member of the boy band No Curfew. A year later, he joined his brother Ronald Jr. as a member of Los Angeles punk band Suicidal Tendencies, replacing former bass player Josh Paul. Bruno's earliest studio album appearances include playing electric bass on Kamazi Washington's Live at the Fifth Street, Dicks and the Proclamation. Along with his band, Judy's Brunner is also a session musician, acclaimed for his work on Erica Badu's New America and Flying Lotus's Cosmogramma. He's, he released his first solo album in 2011, The Golden Age of the Apocalypse, which featured production from LaFlyo and was influenced by 70s fusion artists such as Stanley Clark and George Duke. The next two years saw a return to the recording studio with fellow brain feeder artist Flying Lotus with contributions to the uh, to Lotus's Until the Quiet Comes and You're Dead and the release of Thundercat's second album Apocalypse in 2013. He followed up with 2017's Drunk and his new album is called It Is What It Is. So guys, I'm going to kick it off. Uh, I've always been a... Um, I've always liked Thundercat. I mean, the guy is a freaking bass god. And as someone who tries to play the four string, like you just sit there and you think, what the fuck is this guy actually doing? I mean, like we play the same instrument, but like you can't even compare what I do on any level to the great man. Look, what I think I love about Thundercat is that he lives in his own Thundercat world of fusion that is unique to him. And when you hear one of his songs, you know it's him. And that's, I think, that's a really high compliment. That's what it is. So it is yeah, what it is. Thundercat. It is what it is. It's Thundercat. He's Thundercat. I mean, like he's being like Bootsy. I mean, he's got that Bootsy thing going on too, I think, in that sort I'll, of I'll, I'm what happy, I'm, gonna, I'm happy to touch on that in my in my moment. Okay, you touch yeah. on that. Okay, so like I guess where I'm leading is that like while I've always enjoyed his music, I've never felt like I've fully connected with the songs. Like not on that deep emotional level. So I listen to his stuff and I verge on the territory of, yeah, that's really nice to listen to. Would I listen to it again? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. If it comes on, I'll enjoy it. Uh, so like what, what, what it's saying, I mean, what is it saying when his most, most commercial song to date is a collab between him and Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald? Like, I mean, those guys have the pedigree to put things in a song context that connects to the everyman, whereas someone like Thundercat is so prodigiously talented, has so many arrows in his quiver that sometimes I think maybe sport for choices because he can bring so much to a song and sometimes maybe he gets confused with like, what do I do in this? I mean, I could do this, 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 maybe I'll do this. And maybe the song suffer sometimes, I think. Um, another point I would add is that... Uh, I don't really smoke a heap of grass, Kumar, these days. And I think that this music and that particular hobby go hand in hand. I don't know. Uh, I, I'll get to my point, but I, I kind of disagree with that, you know. Like, I, I reckon you can enjoy trippy music without, you know, you know uh, yeah, being no, on the reefer. Of course you can. Of course you can. That, but you know, it's so it's got that denseness about it. Like, you know, you, yeah, you can see yeah. that this would lend itself to doing that. 
Anyway, uh, look, Durag, Durag is the obvious crossover track, and it really seemed to be based on Show Me The Way, I thought, from the Drunk album, but yeah. maybe not as good. Uh, I really like... The songs I really liked were um, Existential Dread, yeah, which yeah. seemed to be a bit more cohesive and had that crazy like Kumo Shone style solo at the end when it went <laughs> double time halfway through. It was freaking scary good. Yeah. And I really also love the song um, I Love Lewis Cole. Yeah. And Definitely. that made it two up-tempo songs that I really liked, which made me start to think that maybe his vocals work better over a faster-faced tune. So he sings these long note melodies that seemed to, they seem to float over a quicker BPM. Yeah. Um, not that he would give a shit what I think, but I just um, I just think that worked better. But he lives in his own unique world. He's a unique individual. Um, I love him for that, um, and I love what he does as an artist. Uh, so that's my take on it is what it is. I'm going to throw it to Kuma because he uh, he brought yeah. this album to us this week. So Kuma, go deep. Well, man, like, yeah, I'm going to go deep on this one because I totally, absolutely love this album. Now, I'm coming from it from a totally biased kind of thing. It ticks all the box. I love my yacht rock. I love my prog rock. I love my R&B. I love my neos. I love all these things, and it culminates beautifully in this one. So I'm going to go, there's, like, quite a few things, you know, which I totally love. Like, right from the get-go, it starts off with that kind of, I'm going to call it, Willy Wonka kind of ethereal kind of musical kind of statement, you know, like Lost in Space, Great Scott, 2226, which I think is a play on the John Coltrane song because they're using some of those kind of changes. I think that's maybe it. So it starts off with that kind of space theme, trippy stuff, which, you know, I enjoy. I love that kind of psychedelic stuff. And then you get into Interstellar Love and it just hits you with that 6-8 groove. It just like comes out of nowhere and it just like, and you're just like locked in. And you have Kamasi just like wailing over it, yeah. you know, big. And then like the, the, I love the Lewis Cole and like the Salt album, what I really liked about this album, it's not quantized. Like you can tell the Lewis Cole beat, it's like a bit, ooh, it's, is it a semi-quaver? Is it a quintuplet? You know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is the caliber of musicians that we're talking about where they yeah. would be running a mile from quantization because they don't need it. Yeah. And like the thing is, and man, like when, and like this kind of track, it was so cool because it's bringing all that Lewis Cole kind of knowledge, like that harmonic builds, you know? And then you have, I'm calling it the wider shade of pale kind of like wedding kind of chorus, you know, and throughout that song where it kind of just like descends. It's like, oh, you know, like kind of lovey-dovey kind of stuff. And yeah, the, the bass solo was absolutely sick, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you have that funkadelic vibe of Black mm. Qualls, which that's one of my one of my top favorite tracks on this. There's quite a few tracks I love on this album. Deadly Bias. But, you know, but this was, I, I really love the kind of, you know, um, like he's not like the greatest lyricist, but like something about his lyrics, you know, like they do pop because he's got that kind of, that, you know, rhythmic feel within his actual system. And like the collaborations, like for me of on that Black Quall song, a guy called Steve Arrington, his vocals absolutely like sick, you know. Even the Steve, like once again, the auto tune thing with Steve Lacey, it still kind of worked, you know. That was more of magical dust rather than a sand pit. And I wonder about if it's uh, what's his name, Miguel, Miguel Atwood Ferguson doing the strings for like this one. I think it would be, yeah. It would be. It definitely would be. I mean, him and Flylo just come. This is they're, fast they're all in the same group. It's fast becoming a Miguel At Atwood Ferguson. <laughs> 
kind of oh, homage. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, the guy's a genius. Like, yeah. You know, but and then you have like you know Miguel's Happy Dance, which is like you know there's always going to be that kind of drum machine track on all those like Thundercat mm. um, albums. And then you get to Houseway, which is I love that. You know, you got I was I was waiting for that moment, and you I got the Thundercat tread. I was like absolutely smiling, like you know from one side, you know one side of the cheese the other. That was great, and just the rhythmic figure. And then like it kind of that fun thing. It goes into that kind of that yacht rock vocals, but it's like really fast. That's one thing. One thing I really loved about some the tempos. I mean, you appreciate it was that the tempos were all over the shop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, no, like you know, that's the thing. You know, like it was like in a good way. Like I don't think there was the same tempo at all. I could be wrong. I haven't done like the full kind of like with the click and all that. I haven't. Had I was You know, but, I, well, you're not you're not coming back then, Kumar. <laughs> So with love, like just the sonic as well, like the envelope bass, you know, like and the, like the synths and all that. Um, for me, like you know, overseas was like the classic yacht rock tune. For me, that wasn't my favorite song. I didn't. Like Zach Fox, he's a pretty funny dude, but I don't know. That really kind of hit for me that track. Dragon Ball Durag, that was absolute killer track. I just love you know like the harp, the keys, the sax. There's a bit of clavinet in there, and just the lyrics are totally. They're like so hilarious. Like there's a line in it. Yeah. It just cracks you up. I might be covered in cat hair, but I smell still smell good. It's just talking. Yeah. <laughs> and I recommend you guys see the video clip. And like the video clip is so lo-fi. Like it features yeah. um, a few, like a comedian features, a, what's that um band? A sister's band? Um, what they called? Haim. It features Haim in the video clip. Oh, yeah. Uh, Haim. Is it Haim? Haim, Haim, Haim. Um, yeah, and I'm um, like, you know, he's always in the video clip. It's so lo-fi. It's like, you know, literally like a camcorder. And he's just trying to seduce all these women with his, like, dodgy dance. It's so hilarious. It's just like, and like, just the lyrics, you know, it's like, if you're a teenage kid, you would totally, like, relate to these yeah. things. You know, I'm going to smash my do-rag. Just like, anyway, hilarious. <laughs> and then you have that kind of, like, how I feel, which is, once again, that kind of glockenspiel, Willy Wonka kind of vibe, you know, kind of descending into something. And then it goes into what I call the slow jam, the slow jam kind of part, you know, of like similar to the Salt album and also I reckon similar to the Alicia Keys album. You know, you've got this collaboration with King of the Hill, which is with um, that Canadian group, Bad, Bad, Not Good, which is a pretty mm. cool track. It's kind of got that kind of like classic, you know, 90s sample, you know, in the beginning when it kicks off and then the beat comes. And I know, I think, you know, I kind of disagree with you, Wazza, when you're talking about how his vocals kind of float over the fast stuff because I reckon some of his vocals in some of these tracks that I'm about to talk about, they really kind of get me, you know. They really they really groove. And I think that's a testament because he's such a great bass player. He's got that internal. In what way? In what way? I don't know. Just, they just kind of really hit me, you know, like like not necessarily lyrically but rhythmically. They just kind of, they just kind of groove into the actual drums. They, they feel good, you know. You know, like he's not—he's not gonna. Yeah, he's not—he's no like Leonard. Like Col- he's not the—he's not the greatest singer. I mean, no, he's, he's not. No. It's, it, but like it works for him. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I—I I mean, that's why I thought. Yeah, when when you hear Mike McDonald, I mean, who's obviously a big influence on him, mm. uh, or one influence, and Kenny Loggins, like that's why they 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 work so well on that song because it's like, yeah. well, here's some good singers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what it could be, but yeah. not not that that's you know a criticism really. No, no, no. All, all G. And then you get to like it gets really slow. This is one thing. Like 
talking about that tempo spectrum gets covering all bases like you get to unrequited love and it's and it's like slow but it's still funky and it's got once again those math strings those those killer math strings you know and it's got that bass intro and then fair chance you think it gets slow it even gets slower at fair chance <laughs> and this is another thing i wasn't the biggest fan of like i love the collaborations most of them but there's this guy called little b I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that was a good rap or a bad rap. You know, it's just like it kind of <laughs> felt like it felt like a lazy rap. You know, like I don't know. But then again, that's just me personally. You know, the Ty Dolla Sign killer. You know, like the kind of that new school. Like you know, I know you're not a big fan of the modern R and B, but he's he's one of those guys. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm just I'm sorry. I feel feel bad. But. That's good. Uh, no, uh, no, you go, super man. Fan, super you fan. Don't know. No, I am not a fan. But like the title is sign, like I know there's something about his accent when he says strange. Like you listen to when he says strange, it's like hooks you, man. It just hooks you. Something about like strange. It's like <laughs> half Australian, half American. I don't know. That's the best way. Amer Australian, maybe Amer Australian. I'm calling it that. And then you All know, right. was you talk, and you're talking about your favorite track, Existential Dread. I don't know if you got this, was it? But like that first when he plays the bass, it, rem it was. I was trying to rem remind me of this Brazilian instrument. Took me a while to read. You know, do you know the Brazilian instruments berimbau, where it's like you oh yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. Of... Uh, Oh well, if you had listened to our shows, Kimo, you would know yeah. that I worked in a Brazilian cabaret restaurant for four years. Yeah, I didn't uh, do my research. With the berimba, uh, no, sorry, Billy Bong and the berimba. Yeah, absolutely. No, very well. Yeah, with the little strum at the bottom of the yeah, string. So that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the pot where you can do the wah, so, so that bass kind of reminds you of that. capoeira kind of instrument, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. like, you got to play it to capoeira. Yeah, the existential yeah. dread, it kind of reminds me of, I know, do you know that style like Miami bass? It kind of reminds me of that kind of stuff, you know, like in yeah. that kind of vibe. And then like, how it ends, like I love it. You know, I don't know if you guys. So I, I'm a guitarist, so I know about this guy. But like Pedro Martins is amazing young Brazilian guitarist and singer coming out of Brazil. Ooh, and like I'm he, like how out. he compliments that, how he compliments that like song with the vocals, like the last track. And like, look for me, if you can play a major seven sharp nine chord on this in the in this kind of pop realm, you're winning. Like that is some pretty new Legit. school stuff. Like, you know the, you know those kind of slash. You hear those slash chords throughout this last song, and it is what it is. And it's like, it doesn't feel like oh, like I went to jazz school, but it felt like like you know it felt musical. That's for me personally. And also after that, there's like a secret track with a jamming at the end. It's it's cool. So you're getting getting everything. But like, you know, for me, I'm totally biased. I love this album. I really love this album. You know, I'm, I'm look, I'm I'm coming on because I'm a fan of Thundercat. I, I love what yeah. he does. You know, and yeah, I'm. This is a great album for me. You know, yeah. He loved it. All right, Kumar well, loves I might, it. Uh, Kumar loves it. I, might... I think we all knew that Kumar was going to love this album. But you're right. You're right. It never, at any stage, sounds like any of these guys have gone to jazz school. They just they're playing with complete freedom. Loved it. All right. Look, I, I, there's, I don't, I don't know how much I can add on top of uh, what you both have said. So I might just sort of talk about some of the things I liked. Um, interesting. I mean, they're pretty short notes, but I think um, acid is the thing that kind of unites all of the <laughs> of the of, of the notes. But you know, Interstellar <laughs> Love is just such a trip. Um, Black Quails for me, I was just like, hello, Parliament. Um, yeah. Just crazy fun, but then suddenly, like, does a left turn to this spiritual jazz stuff. 
but again, like not uh, pretentious. It's just vibe. It, everything just flows. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like th- these guys are the OGs of this shit. They 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 set it up. This you know that's Thundercat and and I think you know what you both have said is Thundercat is Thundercat. And if you're into Thundercat, you're gonna like this record. And if you're not into Thundercat, you're probably not gonna like this record. Um, uh, Miguel's Happy Dance. I loved it. Uh, like for me, that was. I wrote Vintage Thundercat. And when I say yeah. Vintage Thundercat, you know, what's that song? Is it Changes? Um, yeah, uh, Them Changes. Them Changes. I That's just kind of like got kind like... down home kind of funk kind of thing, you know, so yeah. Yeah, but I think for me that that McGill's Happy Dance, just like, you know, it perhaps it was stylistically different, but it just immediately made me think of Them Changes. Yeah. Like in terms yeah. of just like, okay, yep, here we are. It's Thundercat record. Um yeah. And then, uh, all right, can I interrupt Dragon... there for a second? I mean, can I yeah, interrupt for one second? Um, I mean, you say, yeah, that's a Thundercat album, that's that sounds like a Thundercat album. So, would, would you all think that this was a typical Thundercat album? Like, this does this sound like a Thundercat album to you? Like, like stuff well, that he's done before? I might, I what I might say is like, you know, it's rare to find artists like you know, in, in cinema, for example. Like you, there was a there was an era where the director was the auteur, so so however the film was delivered, it was through their lens and it was through their um, way of seeing the world, and I think that is fundamentally what I mean by it's a Thundercat record. Yeah, it's not about is it about the envelope filter base. It's just it's Thundercat. It's it's how do how can you peg yeah. it? It's 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 the vibe of the artist more than anything. Would you agree, Kumar? Hundred percent, I would agree with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's just the vibe of the artist. Um. So yeah, I, I that, like. I mean, what, I like. I, I thought that. Was, I mean, that was my issue with it because I thought uh, it sounded like a Thundercat album, which sounded like his last album, and I I thought a guy at this level. Um, possibly should be pushing himself to go further than what he what he has, and I I just want I want more from this dude. I, I pose a question to you, Wazza, on that because I reckon like like some of the things I didn't talk about as well, but I felt the production was very off on this album, and I think maybe it's because it's a COVID thing. You know what I mean? Because of the kind of okay, could it could it be that is there another reason why there was kind of some well, constraints on his kind of ideas? You know. Who, I mean, who knows when it was recorded? Maybe yeah. it was recorded pre-COVID, but like to me, like it sounded yeah. very similar to Drunk, very, very similar, um, stylistically, musically, and again, as, as I as you said, Eric, if you're gonna like, if you like Thundercat, then you're gonna love this. But uh, you know, uh, maybe just take it, take take it somewhere further, dude. You can, you can do this. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted, well, the, Eric. No, no, that's that's cool. No problems. Um, so look, I was going to finish my review by just saying Dragon Ball, uh, Durag was hands down my favorite song on the record. I thought it was hooky, trippy, and kind of completely hilarious. Um, it didn't feel, it didn't feel overcooked. I thought the arrangement was sick. It was amazing. I basically, you know, in the same way was you talk about sort of, you know, um, you know, walks and short films that come up come into your mind when uh, you listen to records Mm. for me. It made me want to jump into the car and drive along Beaconsfield Parade as the sun goes down. That was like oh, the imagery nice. that I got, you know. It's just looking <laughs> over Port Phillip Bay. And Kuma, I'm glad you mentioned the clave because um, the clave, sorry, because the clave part in that left and right, man, fucking hell, yeah. like on headphones, 
that sounded yeah, so great. great, you know, and it just, but again, it was really, it was subtle. It wasn't dominant. It was more percussive than anything, but it just added mm. that sort of, you know, squelch to it, which was just a sick vibe. There's, there's and, little um, nuggets of funk throughout this thing that kind of lifts absolutely. what you think is not a funky track. It, it can't, there yeah. is things you can grab onto, which kind of, you know, that carry, you know, like, yeah. I, and going on what you said, I mean, like there's very, you know, there's funk music, right? That's a thing. Mm. And then there's the adjective of funky, which so often, like, if something's funky, it's pretty shit, except if it's Thundercat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <still> like <laughs> you know? the corporate term, funky. We want some funky, jazzy music. Yeah, you know? we want some funky, jazzy music. But, like, I like, but, but Thundercat is funky and funky in a good way, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. And I think that says it all, man. Thundercat, yeah. it is what it is. That's exactly 100%. what it is, you know? Um, so that, that was Thundercat. And I guess that brings us to the end of uh, this um, this episode. So, Kumar, I want to say a huge big thank you to you uh, for coming on and, uh, and you know, definitely bringing, you know, a level of, uh, of um, like, you know, say this with no, no bullshit aside, like, the, you know, just the, the analysis and, and the way that you see music is, is it's a real pleasure to, to yeah, show to him carrying analysis, you. you know, show him carrying analysis, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. like my Western classical forefathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but man, it's, you know, it's so great to talk music with you and, um, and, you know, thank you yeah, again same, for sharing same. your, uh, your, yeah, and thank you for sharing your family's recipe. Um, <laughs> uh, look, to, as a parting thing, obviously, you said you've got a record coming out. And do you reckon, is there a time that you reckon it's going to drop? I'm going to drop, I'm planning on dropping a single in November. All so, right. but the, definitely, it's definitely next year. But, um, you know, if you want if you want to check out my music, go to my band camp, Kuma Shum at thepunkawallers.com.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Kuma Show. You can also find me on Instagram if you're feeling a bit lonely about recipes and shred, you know, you go find me there at uh, Kadizla, K-A-D-I-Z-Z-L-E-R. Um, go to YouTube. It's a bit of a sad case happening there, but, you know, still give me some love, please. <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, I'm everywhere, you know. You're I'm everywhere. omnipresent throughout the social uh, spectrum. I'm omnipresent yeah i love this dude that that was that was slick eric that was very slick that was <laughs> very slick. i like that yeah yeah he's good um all right was uh we're gonna wrap this one up it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out we're gonna take a couple of weeks off and uh and freshen up maybe uh hit the spa and uh and uh come back uh with even more gusto in uh are we gonna review this episode? album or not are we gonna give it a rating oh my god oh. Jesus, I was just waiting for the rating, you know. So yeah, Arik, you just—it's gone backwards. You you do need—you do need a holiday. I need a holiday. (laughs) Look, uh, I might go first. My—I'm going to score this a solid. um, I'd call it a six point five for me. Um, Again, Thundercat is Thundercat is Thundercat. I I always my my expression Thundercat is I put on a song and then I listen to another song and then I change. Um, and that's just my, my, my experience with Thundercat. So that, so on this record, I give it a 6.5. What about you guys? For me? Okay. I'm, I'm biased as love this album. I connect with it. It connects with me. We are one, we are omnipresent. You know, it is, it is grand, you know, 
I'm giving like look there there are flaws yeah there are flaws you know so I'm giving it an eight point five you know and the reason is production I do feel like it was what you said I feel like this process has been rushed and I think they just pumped it out you know and like a few things like for me that little B I'm sure he's like the loveliest dude what I think his name's Brandon McCartney Brandon if you're out there love your work man you know the rap it's interesting you know like you know it's, it's interesting anyway but you know I just like yeah just for me it's just that rap and just the production i reckon obviously like it's not as slick as drunk you know like drunk is definitely it's a bit more no. slicker you know but um still i enjoy this album so i'm giving it 8.5 so it's still a good taiko I'll vacuum you know vacuum that's a very good taiko 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 i've got it right finally at got the it. last yes, minute you got it well, taiko yes. Uh, I reckon I was going to go exactly the same as you, but then you said, would I, I listen to a song, then I listen to another song, then another song comes on and then I'd move on. I'm like, yeah, I feel that too. And is that a 6.5? Probably not. Mate, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go half a point less and say six, uh, an A6 Tyneco, which is not a great, maybe you got the Tyneco from Audi. Maybe it was a, uh, oh yeah, yeah, still you got good. the time. You got the Timeco. Timeco. I thought it was Timeco. Yeah. No, no, no. There's Timeco <laughs> is our unofficial ah, sponsor, but the one at Aldi I get it. is, is yes. the Timeco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's top of the range though. Top of the range Timeco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's a ta- it's an A10 Timeco. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so six, six and a half and an eight and a half. Um, Kuma, thanks for bringing that. That was great. And thanks no, for thank all you guys. Your, thank you for Thank you for having thanks me. Thanks for your you generosity. Know? No, thank you. So that that brings us to the end of the All Music Is Good podcast. We are going to take a couple of weeks off to refresh ourselves, have a have a few spas, and we'll be back with a couple of our uh, return special guests in the uh, in the second half of uh, season one of the All Music Is Good podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.